Hello, and welcome to episode 104 of Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, Forever Noise, the man, the myth, the one who knocks, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. I didn't realize we were going to start. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> why else would we hit the button? Oh, no. That's fine. Okay, cool. Uh, also joining us for the third time? Fourth time? Fifth time. Fifth time is the Peanut Gallery. There he is. Say hello, hello, everyone. Say hello, Peanut Gallery. <laughs> On this week's episode, Next Gen Gaming, Hot One, The Rise of Skywalker, obviously, and other news and nuggets, all before diving into our flick of the week, El Camino. But first, Al, what are we drinking? Uh, We are drinking Roscoe Beer Company's Two-Headed Stout, which has a creepy two-headed fish on it. Yeah, it's unsettling. Uh, at the bottom, it says, as always, remember to stay responsibly thirsty, which feels like a weird ripoff of Dos Equis. <laughs> um, this is from, oh, this is Trout Town? Yeah, Trout Town, from Roscoe, New York. I know, but it says Roscoe Beer Company. I'm confused because it's got like two different names. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Um, our two-headed <laughs> stuff is extremely robust with strong notes of roasted barley and dark chocolates. Don't be scared. This stout is as smooth and creamy as it is dark. Nice. Taste of New York winner, craft beer of the year 2017? Looks like it. What is Taste New York? Is that something that you're familiar with? Uh, yeah, that's one of the craft beer festivals that they do. Isn't that and, the one in Hunter Mountain? Yeah, I believe so. Have you guys been they to do that one? Once or a year? Yeah, every year in April. We wanted to go this year, but uh, we were looking at the prices and what they offered, and it was questionable at best. Yeah. And it was like kind of a hike from here. Yeah, and, and it's a feelings hike. feelings about these <laughs> offerings. Yeah. Shall yeah. we just want to taste? Sure. We should. Cheers. 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 Mm. Mm. I like that. That definitely is uh, as Cre- smooth and creamy as it is gonna, dark. I was going to say the same thing. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a perfect description. There's nothing. Whoa. Sorry, I just noticed in, the, in their font the double O's in smooth and how they're interlocked like <laughs> Olympic rings. <laughs> oh, nice. Or like an infinity, maybe? I like it. I like it. It's a nice little touch. Like, this like is tasty. Yeah. I'm, I, uh, I'm a fan. It is insanely dark, though. Mm. It's got like a sweet chocolate, like a milk chocolate flavor on the edge of it. Black as night. It's insane. Mm. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a pretty could, big, could, I'm uh, a pretty big uh, fan of this one. Yeah, for sure. This is this is. Nice. I feel like I can. I, I'm usually like on the fence with this type of thing, where I'm like, they're good. You know, I, I'm usually not like head over heels for this type of beer. Um, but I would, I would certainly drink this again. They walk such a fine line with stats sometimes, where I feel like it's like, oh yeah, that's good. But then, like, it starts to kind of, like, sit on my palate, and it gets, like, kind of heavy. Yeah. And it's got, like, that aftertaste that just kind of sticks with you. This one doesn't have that. It's very, like, crisp. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I like stouts as a friend. <laughs> is, that, is that good? Uh, yeah, this is, well, well, good choice. Good last-minute choice. Dominic, were you able to score one of these? Uh, you chose the exact moment he decided to walk upstairs to Sick. let his dog out. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Know, did, you hear, did you hear the cowbell ringing in the distance? Because that is- meant... Dexter's no, go- I didn't. Oh, yeah, the the dog rings the bell to go out the back door. Yeah, nice. we taught our dog how to do that. Will the dog continue to ring the bell just to get Dominic's attention? Um, actually, you know, I don't know if Dexter will. Hmm. If, if Cooper really needs to go out, he will keep ringing it if you don't let him out. Okay. So should we just finish this beer and then have another one? 
That's too much. We can begin if we want. Um, uh, PSA, the annual pumpkin beer tasting is happening in a few days, and we have quite the selection. <laughs> Just hope I can taste it, because my allergies, I think, hit today. Uh, uh, no. If I sound a little rough, that's what it is. Yeah, that's... That's it, that'll do it. Uh, I you my, may hear the occasional crinkle as I pop in a me- mental cough drop. <laughs> the uh, it's like your signature move at this point. <laughs> well, two hours straight of talking, you know, it starts yeah, it, to wear. It, it, it does. It does. It's uh, a friend of mine who's joining us for the tasting, a host of the bad movie nights that you've heard so much about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he he, as a joke, said he wants to come as sexy Thanos. Um. And then it was like, haha, you know, that's, that's funny. And then, like, a few days later, he sent me another one that the costume was a lot less expensive than he thought it was. And I was like, wait, is this actually happening? Now, I don't want to ask any further questions because I would like at least a partial shock value as he walked through the door. Dominic, your thoughts on Sexy Thanos? Uh, sexy Thanos, I need a little bit of a context. You know what time of year it is. I think you can put two and two together. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if I have an opinion because I don't think I've seen it yet, but I, I have a good feeling that there's going to be some people dressed up like that, and that'll, that'll be interesting. I just kind of picture, like, Ivan Ooze oh my God. in Power Rangers, <laughs> but in woman form. No, we're talking about the guy, Sexy Thanos. Well, no, I mean, he could do that, too, of course. I mean, he's just kind of, like, yeah. ripped, like Hulk, so he's not even wearing a shirt. He said something and... about, uh, he, well, he sent me a gif of, uh, of Tobias. Blowing himself, blowing himself, <laughs> and uh, he said, "Purple paint is a lot more inexpensive than he expected." And then he also said that the bottom half of a Princess Leia slave costume also less expensive than he thought. <laughs> oh my god! So I don't know if this is. I, I really hope this comes true. <laughs> <laughs> so um, was this the question you were going to ask me before I walked to? Well, no, I, I was going to ask if you actually are. Did you? Were you able to score one of these beers, or are you sharing with Al? We're sharing. Wow, that's sad. Yeah. Is this because uh, you already stole one of these? No, no, this is one of the ones that I... am calling them out on, uh, on, on air for stealing beers. You know uh, yeah. that is. I do not steal beers. <laughs> you, you've stolen one or two. Al, stealing beers from six years ago does not quite count as I steal beers. How about six months ago? What six months ago beer did I steal? Is all I heard. Shall we get into some news oh, and nuggets? Oh, I never called him a monster. <laughs> <laughs> All right. News and nuggets. Uh, we've got a, a handful of little things to go through here. I feel like we should just save Star Wars for the end. Okay. Is that fair? Is that? All right. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So, okay. First thing I want to bring up here. Uh, I wrote this up, I think, on the show before. I love the web series Hot Ones from First We Feast. I think I've shared a few with you, Al, uh, over, over the months. Well, you sent me the one the other day yeah. with, with Paul Rudd. Um, I don't remember actually hearing you refer to it in the past, but oh, okay. a couple other people have mentioned it to me, so I've been aware of it. So I recently watched the Paul Rudd episode, and it is fantastic. That man I ended is up watching it later treasure. that night, and he sent it to me. <laughs> He's absolutely one. Did you send it to Dominic? No, I don't right. think he was going to have time to watch We're, the whole thing. That's fine. We'll have to. Uh, this will be something for you to do in your in your spare time. And I encourage all listeners to go and listen to the Paul Rudd episode of Hot Ones. It is fantastic, including you know what, Hot, hot Selfies. Yeah. So Hot Ones is this interview series on YouTube in which 
the guy has a famous person on, and they eat hot wings of progressively hotter. Oh hotter. yeah, other Brian showed me that. Oh okay, <laughs> other Brian. <laughs> well, he's got his best friend Brian, and then there's other Brian. Damn, other Brian. How's that feel? <laughs> serious. Uh, so up until that Paul Rudd episode, my favorite one was Key and Peele. There you have a tremendous episode uh, of Hot Ones. Uh, and then I went down this rabbit hole because I had it on in the background. I was listening to it and then realized, I guess it triggered some sort of Hot Ones playlist. And just they just kept going after that. Dak Shepard and Kristen Bell, separate episodes. Fantastic. Uh. <laughs> but I encourage you to watch as many of those of the people that you're interested in. You don't have to watch all of them. But of the people that you liked, it's so entertaining. Well, I think that would be the ki- the type of thing is uh, I might like like scroll through and see yeah. who's on. I was like, oh, that one could be funny. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, it's funny because I had seen there's been a gif going around, or actually it was just like a little quick video clip from the very end of the Paul Rudd one, and I didn't know what it was from. And then you sent me it, and I watched it, and I was like, oh my god, this is what everyone's been doing online. It's was- him at the end where he goes, you know, could you, ma- you know, who would have thought? You and me here. Not me. <laughs> there were the two of us. Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> so good. They, uh, at the end of that one, spoilers for a Hot Ones episode, uh, they, Polra puts all of the hot sauces on one wing, and then the other guy does it too, and then they do a scene together because they're both crying, and they yeah. make it an emotional scene, and it's hysterical. <laughs> I, I didn't make the JV team. <laughs> I don't yeah. think I'm good enough. <laughs> one of the one of the questions they asked as the wings were getting hotter was, "How do you feel about the uh, the Ant Man shrinking and going up Thanos?" But uh, as a as a fan theory for what was going to happen, and he said his response to that was a missed opportunity, <laughs> which would have been tremendous. Uh, anyway, that's a plug for Hot Ones for no reason, just because I love it so much. <laughs> but I mean, we talk about what we're watching pretty often. That's true. Well, while we're on that. Uh, Shows, I've got another one. Okay. Since last week, I've started watching The Politician on Netflix, and it's uh-huh. really good. And I, I don't think I'm familiar with that one. So it's, it's Ben Platt, who Kim and I adore, and he is just this kind of cutthroat kid in high school running for class president, but he's, his aspirations are president of the United States, and he's like committed that he's going to get there. I did actually see a, like a trailer for this or like, you know, it does like the autoplay on like Netflix. Yeah. I think I did see that actually, yeah. It's like dark and weird and very entertaining and I suggest you give it a try. Definitely I watched, you know, pursuant to our conversation on last week's episode, um, I followed up and watched the premiere of Watchmen and it was strong to quite strong. Oh, okay. That's, that's good <clears throat> to hear. What I will I've, say is... Other things. It's probably not for the faint of heart. It's not a fun superhero. It's fine. Um, and the first 10 minutes are really, really intense and not superhero focused in any way, shape, or form. Okay, but overall you enjoyed, You thought it was good. Oh, yeah. I'm just letting you know that this show is going to be heavy. They're, um, but they're I mean, I, I kind of expect that. Is that not what the expectation was of... I mean, I don't know. The first few things that I read about, I tried, as you know, I try not to go too deep because I don't want to hear things about it, but I get, like, general impressions, and the stuff that I heard was not great. Yeah, well, <clears throat> the thing is, like, you can you can see if you've watched the trailer or whatever, you you know that it's supposed to be of our time mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a hyper-realized way. Um, I didn't... I guess I didn't... I took for granted how deep they would actually go or how seriously that they would actually take it, and it's, it's a lot. 
Yeah. And as much as they have in that, that property is known for its kind of bending and altering of history and stuff like that. Um, from what I understand, the uh, opening sequence is not altered at all from what happened in real life. But it's a um, rather unfamiliar story to most people, from what I can understand. It was certainly unfamiliar to me. Yeah, okay. So I should watch this? We need yeah, just make sure you're ready Anything we need to that. talk about? What's that? Uh, a- I mean, probably. But, okay. Um, Right. Yeah, no, I mean, it was good. It's got a good cast. Uh, it's well, it looks like it's well written so far. I'm, I'm appreciative that, again, like it, it doesn't look cheap. You know, it's funny because right. if you look, it was one of the first things that I thought was really incredible of the beginning of and the really whole first season of Westworld. It was like, oh, wow, this looks the way that most good shows look after like three seasons when they get a budget. Because mm. um, if you look back at the like, Game of Thrones, a lot of it kind of looks like crap in the first season. Sure. Um, that's not the case for the show. Okay. Interesting. Dominic, did you did you get a chance to watch this? No, I've been kind of behind in watching new shows. I've been mostly watching shows that have already come out that have some acclaim. I'm on the third season right now of Shameless and uh, somewhere in the first season of Man in the High Castle. Man in the High oh, okay. Castle has been like a two-year project of getting around to watching. <laughs> definitely enjoyable. Um, definitely some interesting Ultimate Universe stuff. Shameless is... It can be funny, and I, I see where the hype is a little bit, but sometimes it's like just William H. Macy is just too damn much. Yeah. Oh, my I, God. It just it gets, like it, it, get it, it doesn't even get it. funny anymore. It's just mm. like, okay, enough, enough. Do you think you're going to stick with it? I honestly don't know. I think at the end of this season, I will decide whether <laughs> I want to do that <laughs> or not. tipping point. How many seasons are there? I think there's like... A, eight or nine out and i'm only on that's three commitment. And all right it's always scary for me to get into a show that's got 10 seasons out sure. especially if the seasons are long and i'm like I, I don't know if i can do this i feel like that sort of show where it's like if like oh i enjoy it but sometimes it's too much it might be the type of thing where maybe you like you watch a season and then give yourself a few weeks and like watch a season or something like that yeah that that's, might be that's a true practice just allow yourself to like reset yeah, like, I don't know, I struggle with that sometimes with these with shows that have been on for a long time, or even, even a single season of a show, where if I'm not fully into it, should I be giving it any more of my time? Like, do I, like... That's a good I, point. Because there's also, like, the, the thing, you almost, it is a, you feel like people that you relate to that enjoy it, that you generally have similar taste to, you're like, am I missing something here? Or is it just not for me? And like then, and then all of a sudden you're six seasons in, and you're like, well, I guess I'll finish it now. And like, <laughs> do you have to get to that point? I, I, I appreciate that you're going to uh, evaluate this at the end of the season. I want to hear where this goes. I think you should do an article <laughs> on the, on your decision to continue or cut and run. <laughs> just like a running like live blog of I'm back in. <laughs> right. I'm back in. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Al, you got a news or nugget for us? Um, sure. Let's talk about big news in casting for the Lord of the Rings show. Okay. Um, Jesus, pop-ups. Um, exclusive from Deadline, Game of Thrones 
alum Joseph Mall, I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that correct, is set as a lead opposite Will Poulter and Markella Kavanaugh in Amazon Studios' Lord of the Rings TV series. Um, Amazon has had not commented at the point of this. Um, he is he was Benjamin Stark. That's Benjamin Stark, isn't it? It's weird. Without What's the his beard. name again? The, uh, the guy in in real life or the yeah the, the Joseph Mall or it could be Molly, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm like looking. I'm looking this up because like when it comes to names of characters in Game of Thrones, <laughs> I do I cannot put faces to them. <laughs> well, guys, light light spoilers for uh, for Game of Thrones, mainly the first season, but also slightly towards the end of the show. He was uh, he was Ned Stark, Sean Bean's. Oh, that guy. <laughs> who? Yeah. Yeah. He kind of mentors Jon Snow joining the Night's Watch and then disappears for most of the rest of the show. I feel like that guy had a good into and saves Jon and then what a dead may never die but somehow dies even though he's been killed already. He was only mostly dead. (laughs) Which means partly alive. He's just sleeping. He's a he he's got a good presence I feel like on screen. And it it seems like he's going to be playing the villain in this role. Oh cool. Uh, a villain, but it seems like the indications are that he will be played the lead villain Orin, opposite Poulter's young hero Beldor, and female lead Tyra, or Tyra, I'm not sure, played by Kavanaugh. Wait, are they making up new characters, or are these actual characters in the Lord of the Rings universe? Because I've never heard of any of them. It's unclear at this point, because the second age is, I think, the one with the least amount of detail of that sort of stuff. Okay. Uh, Well, actually, that's not true, because it's like the succession of the Numenorean kings or whatever, but um, yeah, a lot of that stuff written about the first and second age were from, like, the the posthumously published stuff by uh, Christopher Tolkien, who did all the the stuff he did was the Unfinished Tales, the Cimmerillion, um, uh, there was another one as well that covered a lot of those uh, times um, that were published afterwards by J.R. Tolkien's son. Um, so it's not as coherent and in-depth in and detail. A lot of the stuff was he collected like manuscripts that he writ- wrote down and like indexes that he wrote down and tried to synthesize stuff as best he could. Mm. Well, obviously, if you've followed the stories of The Lord of the Rings, Tolkien was definitely influenced by some stuff of Christianity. And when you read some of this annexes about who is the son of who, you can clearly use, he just used a word scrambler for biblical names, because <laughs> while I once had an interest in reading a bit of the Bible, I read like five pages of Genesis and stopped because everyone was the son of the next person who sounded exactly like the same. It's like Theoden, son of Thengel. It's like every single person in the Bible for 10 pages was like that, and I'm like, okay, I could just read The Lord of the Rings and be more entertained. <laughs> yeah, I've read, I've read the indexes. Too. I've read the indexes at the end of Return of the King, and it's um, it's long, and it's a lot of the same thing. You know, yeah. the lines of succession, except all the names of the Numenorean kings are like hyphenated, like yeah. things, and oh, they all have like, the same like prefixes and stuff like that. And it's like, this is hard. I'm glad I don't have to yeah. read this out loud because I would never ever be able to. <laughs> uh, are you in for this show, Dominic? Oh, I am, as anyone who knows me knows well, I am absolutely a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. I have a Lord of the Rings tattoo and quote, but uh, I, I'm cautiously optimistic because, you know, I was super excited when The Hobbit came out because I did read The Hobbit before it came out. Um, there was some very good of The Hobbit and some very bad. It was much like the prequels of Star Wars, where we all love the original trilogy, and then they make this new trilogy. 
based on prequel stuff, which is kind of funny in both ways they do that. And it didn't ruin Lord of the Rings for me, but I just don't want them to make a soulless cash grab off of characters that we know when, uh, for my, uh, as opposed to my older cousins, for example, who are like 40 or so, who grew up with Star Wars, and that was their Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. And I kind of grew up with Lord of the Rings as my Star Wars. So I do not want them to ruin that in any way with the show. And I I do appreciate that they're taking their time, so maybe that will... uh, mean better results but I'm, I'm very very cautious to get excited for this and i never know when it's going to come out because listen dominic there's only one return and you know the king it's of the jedi speaking Clark's of which i saw the jay and silent bob reboot and it was awesome <laughs> uh i will do an episode on it eventually i don't know when it is wide released uh but if you listen to this and you have an opportunity to pick up tickets to one of the reboot roadshows, do it. It's so much fun. <laughs> they come out, they talk about the movie, you watch the movie, and then they come out for like an hour or so and do a Q&A, and it is just a blast. And it was the first one of the tour, and it was, like, they were super into it. It was a lot of fun. And it just feels like uh, the most put together of the Askew movies like it, it, like higher production value than usual, I felt. Okay. Um, and it's uh, it's just wildly entertaining, and just a it's just a it's a lot of fun. And I know Dominic was a big fan of the first, so I assume that he'll he'll love this one as well. Oh, I, I forgot that it even come out, but I I do have to go see that movie. I don't know when it actually is out. Yeah, I'm not sure. I had a hard time finding that before this, so just keep an eye out for it. Totally worth it. We'll do an episode on it when we can. I know, it, so. um, I know that uh, Fliximasix superfan, our cousin Mike, <laughs> also saw it this past weekend. Yes. I think, he, I think he liked, yeah, I think he liked it, but not quite as much as you did. Okay, cool. I'll have to talk with him about it. We should have him on again when we do that. Yeah, I meant to ask him, because uh, we saw him on Sunday, and um, I mean, I'm guessing his answer is going to be no. but. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, we'll just force him into he it. Should wanna, he should we'll want to. We'll just travel. Come over for dinner. <laughs> just trap him again. <laughs> and it's just like we're we're set up. There's microphones and beer. <laughs> no, 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 I already I already fell for this once. No, no, no. We're gonna meet in a neutral place outside the house, and it's just something we rented out so we can do it there. <laughs> Fuck. <The trailer. laughs> oh man, uh, there was it was really fun in the Q and A at the end. Uh, Kevin and Jay are on sit. We're on stage for the Q and A, and the one of the questions was, can you rank the view askew movies? And Kevin points at Jay, like your, your personal favorites. And Kevin lets Jay go first and he's going through them. And he was like this movie. Uh, and then he went through a few other ones and, uh, he was like debating one. And <laughs> Kevin was like, clerks. And he's like, nah, man. He's like, for me, clerks is like all the way at the bottom. And he goes, oh, he's like, without it, we're not here, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So it's so funny, uh, yeah. But they they're if you can ever if you ever get a chance to see his Q and A's like it, go it like it, they're just so much fun. They're, they're wildly entertaining, and I know like he he loves to talk about himself, but I love the way that he does it, and it's really entertaining. And it's uh, if if you could do it with this reboot roadshow stuff, that's it's it's a pretty great experience. Uh, moving on, do you have another new and or nugget? I do. 
Um, I have a kind of a two-part thing because they go together. Yeah. Um, Jeff Loeb is exiting Marvel TV by year's end after a decade at the Hero Helm. I like part two about the story way better. What's that? I like part two of this story way better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so he's out. He's been the one who's been, like, the head of all the TV stuff for a while. Um, And it seems like this is... I mean, he had some highs. Daredevil was great. Um... (laughs) Punisher was great. Uh, a lot of people ended up <laughs> liking a- Agents of Shield. Is is he just scratching his neck? Is that what's happening yes, right now? That's yeah, exactly yes, what that's he's fun. doing. That's fun. That stays. <laughs> people liked people liked Agents of Shield. It seems like, and also Agent Carter was really mm-hmm. well received, from what I understand. I never saw any of it, but they also had a lot of duds, um, including like. The, uh, the exact opposite of the Avengers with the Defenders. Um, they basically got it all wrong with that. Um, so he's gone, and this is in part with the move of Kevin Feige taking over of all creative for Marvel now, not just the MCU. Yeah. Of the Marvel Empire, it says. Yes. Emperor Feige. Also, why have you not criticized Jeff Loeb for the monstrosity of Iron Fist? I, well, I mean, that was part of the whole Defenders debacle. Yeah. No, 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 but the, the show separately, too. No, I, I mean, like what I'm saying is it's part and parcel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. For sure. The, Defenders was horrendous. A lot of Iron Fist was also not good. <laughs> we were in agreement <laughs> on this. Yeah. But I figured it was, was like rough. a catch-all when I said the whole build-up to the Defenders didn't work. What um, do you think? I mean, obviously, I, I just, I assume, I don't know if this is true. I assume quality will be very steady going forward with him in that position. It'll certainly be more consistent, I'd imagine. Yeah. Whether it's, whether it's blockbuster incredible every time or good enough like it's i don't think it's gonna i just don't think it's gonna have misses i feel like if it does they will axe those before they get to in front of you well it's been both blessing and curse right of marvel people have talked about in the last couple of years is it may have put a hard cap on how transcendently good any of these can be but it also protects you from absolute travesties like there were especially earlier in the run of the mcu um, <clears throat> thor 2 <laughs> yes <laughs> thor, thor 2 <laughs> Um, no, I mean, he's been a steady hand. Um, this makes him one of the most powerful people in all of, um, the world media in general, because (laughs) he's not just the TV and movie stuff. He's in charge of all the actual comics too. Now that's, Um, that's interesting, which is a similar thing to what's going on with DC and Warner with, uh, Jeff Johns has already ascended this way to the head of both comics and movies and TV, I believe. Um, so, I mean, it makes sense to have it all flow through Two one person. Sides of the same coin. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it makes sense to have it all flow from one person to whatever degree. And the other thing we've we've seen in the last six or seven years is that Feige's been really good at delegating. Right. Um. So that should be a plus. That sort of leadership, and on top of that, he. I mean, he is the best of both worlds for this sort of thing. He has the reverence for the material. He is mm-hmm. a huge fan of this stuff, and. He's really good at being a quote-unquote CEO type of this right. stuff, of picking the right people, pulling the plug when it's clearly not working, um, and getting shit done. What do you think that? What do you think that feeling is when they when Disney names you King MCU, like like or Kim King M? <laughs> <laughs> um, like, yeah, we, I don't know. I mean, it's something he's clearly material, like and doing being so successful in what he's been successful with. Like, is it excitement or like, oh my god, I cannot even slightly miss them? 
I'm guessing it's got to be something along the lines of excitement because remember he's also been tapped to guide and or helm a Star Wars. That's too. true. So he's they're, clearly they're like, signing on, up for more, do more, more great stuff. <laughs> I, and I mean, he he said he loves Star Wars as much as he loves Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like obviously, if he didn't want to be doing this, he wouldn't be. Um, considering I'm pretty sure he's clawed his way to the top of this, he's elbowed people out of the way to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's, I was reading another part of another story. It's Ike Perlmutter has been the guy who's been in charge of, like, I guess the actual Marvel like comic stuff is being completely pushed to the side through this move. So, I mean, this is what he wants, obviously. Right. Right. My uh, question is with Star Wars: is when are they going to let Freddie Prince Jr. direct a movie, and or be in one? Um, I don't know if he would ever necessarily be in one as unless it was part of just like a bit role. But yeah, right. no, I, I he absolutely should be. Um, involved back with the whole thing again. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's still on good terms with them. He loves yeah. Star Wars so much. Um, he loves his, his role. His super fandom is pretty awesome. Yeah, and, and he loved awesome. his he loved his role in 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 Rebels. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him, even if it was just something like what's been going on with the Mandalorians. It's funny how much we can talk about what's going on with the Mandalorian, considering none of us have seen a single episode of it yet. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> he would be the perfect guy. He has a relationship with Dave Filoni. Dave is the kind of 1B to John Favreau's 1A on The Mandalorian specifically, so there's no reason that he couldn't be involved with at least maybe directing an episode of Season 2 of The Mandalorian. They're still hashing that information out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, when Just the fact that they, they greenlit a Season 2 like a month or two ago when it's still a couple of weeks until, or a week and a half until... The first episode is going to even drop. Oh, did they really? Yeah, yeah. That's some confidence. I just rewatched that trailer for The Mandalorian, and I was like, "Man, this is really well shot." Like the the trailer for that show is really good. I no, really it have... looks it looks great. Yeah. Um, which was that was really the only concern I had with this was what does a Star Wars live action TV show look like? Right. Is it going to get a budget that will let it look like Star Wars? It turns out that that's why they're building Galaxy's Edge. Is it just? It's just this wild set <laughs> that they can well, use. They could definitely for use some money in flowing into that. Considering I've heard it's been a bomb of a project. Mm. I mean, that sort of thing is always going to be a loss at the beginning, um, and then they make it up. Yeah, by it'll, it'll build up. Insane amount of people go lining up to go. Mm-hmm. People have been going, well, not going as much as they expected. It's been open not for too long, but for. A bit of time. I know the initial was was promising, but yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, they I mean, they've also said though that even though it's technically open, all of the main attractions are not complete yet. Right, and I've also heard from like outlets it's that, basically like that have gone. Open. It's like they're like pretty much what they expected. It's great. It's not there yet. It'll get yeah. there, and but because it is a Star Wars thing, and it is fans talking about it, like they're willing to accept that. And when it gets even better, they'll go again. Like that's, it was basically it was basically like a soft open. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And who doesn't want to spend $98 for a Star Wars-themed 24-ounce drink? <laughs> I'm gathering you. <laughs> uh, if I had any money, maybe. No, he's like, I'll drink it. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I'll drink it, but I won't like it. I won't pay for it. <laughs> Amazing. I came across this, this headline, and I, all I did, it, this is very quick. This is a nugget. This is a nugget in all senses. Uh... On my Apple News feed, there was this, uh, it was an article from Esquire by Matt Miller, and this is the title, Galaxy Quest, 
remains one of the greatest sci-fi comedies of all time. And I'm like, you know what? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for paying attention. I, was like, I didn't even read the rest of it. I was like, you're right. <laughs> I just moved on. We I really think here I really think tune, the, we agree. <laughs> yeah. I really think that you can really sum up the Galaxy Quest experience with the fact that actual Trek fans and actual Trek cast members love the movie. Yeah. And that's really all you need to say about it cuz a lot of times that's not the case with these sorts of like satire send-ups of of previously established material. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I'll never give up. Any other news and nuggets before we get into the big one? Yes. Um, follow up to our conversation with Gary last week. Um, Jonah Hill will not be in the Batman. Uh, yeah. He said Paul Dano will be the Riddler. Woo. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Happy about Paul Dano being the Riddler. I think that's actually. A, I think it's a good fit for the role, and I think he'll do a really great job. I still want Jonah Hill as somebody, <laughs> but that's fine. All I know about this guy is that he was the guy with the PTSD from Prisoners, mm-hmm. who was the, the once kid who was uh, imprisoned and then escaped, and also he was the bratty rich kid from uh, Cowboys vs. Aliens. That's all I know about him. The first- he was also... Time I saw was Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, uh, I was going to say, wasn't he the son in There Will Be Blood? Yes. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but he is. <laughs> I own uh, it. It sounds, sounds like we're all in the same, <laughs> same place on this one. Yeah, no, I, 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 I actually think he's very good. Uh, um, and I think, like I said, I think he's a great pick. I don't think that Jonah Hill would have been the right pick for Riddler. I do think that he could have played an awesome penguin. Oh, I was just about to say that. Uh, yeah. Well, that and was where the not... originally the rumor was is that he was going to play a penguin, and then more recently, it was kind of coming out that he might be playing the Riddler instead. And it just didn't work out. Well, let me be clear: this is not like a this is not like a body shape thing. This is he played this kind of crazy character in War Dogs that I feel like would translate really well to the 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 underbelly like of Gotham, like running things for, like in like a political way. As the penguin, I thought I think that would be a really cool thing to see him take a stab at that. See, the problem is I'm not actually super familiar with a lot of the penguin, other than my faint memories of Danny DeVito, mm-hmm. and I'm struggling to see Jonah Hill play that. Yeah, well, that's that's not it. <laughs> that's why <laughs> that <laughs> is like, not the and character. That, <laughs> and even like War Dogs, like so much of it, he's just got like that, like shark, like hollow, dead eye look. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I that like I'm well. I'm, I'm, str- <laughs> I'm, str- I'm struggling to see him like emote as like a larger than life, um, like crime kingpin. Yeah, it's it's all about it's like I feel like it's like personality and um, kind of power, like, and he's like he's kind of unassuming from looks and then be- and he's just like in command of all of this which is uh, I think I, I think he could pull it off I think it would be really cool um, if you've ever played any of the Arkham games uh, the, the Arkham Asylum Arkham City Arkham Knight like the the penguin in that was like I thought it was so badass it was so cool <laughs> and I want like that version on screen is it too late to bring back retired penguin uh, Danny DeVito <laughs> It it's just not. It, I don't think that that's the right fit. That's not the. I don't think that's what the character would be. 
today. Probably not. It's not going to be overly campy. Uh, he bites a person's nose off in that, yeah. in, in, in that movie. So, that scene really messed me up a little bit. Yeah. When I, I saw that first time, I was like five or six years old. And upon further rewatching as an adult, he makes a lot of very inappropriate sexual jokes. Oh, no, so yeah, it's yeah, been a long time since I've seen any of Returns. To watch. <laughs> he was just interviewing for the role of Frank Reynolds like 20 years before it came out. I was going to say, if you want to see what he looks like now as a penguin, just watch certain scenes in Holy <laughs> right. Sunny. Right. Rumham. Uh, Rumham! The, the other, the other... It's not the clams! Yeah. It's not the clams! <laughs> other great version of the penguin, Patton Oswalt in Batman. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So good. They're all they're all just asleep. No, they're you sleeping. killed. <laughs> He's all tuckered out. Do you know what death is? <laughs> oh, my parents, man. My parents yeah. live upstate on a farm. Yeah, they live on a farm. <laughs> I've got a question for you guys about these next gen systems coming out. Okay. Next year. Uh, I'm curious. I don't really know. I mean, you and I, Al, we've talked. We talk video games here and there. It's kind of. I feel like we're not like. Like we don't have the conversations the way me and Brian do. Uh, and I know that you like games. I'm just curious how early of an adopter of a new system would you be? Is this something that you're looking forward to or you don't really care until there's a game that you really want to play? Yeah, that. That's, um, it's that. I, okay. I, I wish they would wait another year sure. to put out a new system because... You've got like four see, games, right? Like, Yeah, no, like I just don't see... I feel like they really haven't even run up against the edge of what they're capable of with these mm-hmm. this generation of systems, you know what I mean? Okay. What about like maybe I'm wrong, but like, like even like the, even the half generation consoles that have come out that are 4K capable, yeah, yeah. that are slimmer, sleeker, and, and more powerful than ever, like those had I feel like a longer lifespan than what they're doing here. Sure, I feel like they're looking to make the next generation even before the generation is fully out, and it's like okay, I don't get it. it seems a little forced. Because yeah, well, and listen, like, it'd be easy to say, oh, they're just chasing the next dollar, right? But sure. that's not the case because they operate, or at least it's been the case in previous console generations. <laughs> at a loss. They've always operated at a loss on the units themselves. So yeah. I don't get the need to rush out another new system. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. I uh, And I, the other question I was curious about was, uh, I've known you to have had Xboxes. In the, you have an mm-hmm. Xbox One, you had a 360, right? Yeah. You didn't have the original one, did you? No. Uh, how did you end up in the Xbox space over PlayStation? Um, I don't remember, hmm. actually. Um, that one I did adopt early, 360. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah. Um, it may not have been immediately, but with, like within a month or two. Like, oh, okay. So, I remember the reason I was an early adopter with GameCube was because my dad's company was heavily involved with that. They made like the processors for it. Okay. And so I liked that connection. I was interested and I yeah. enjoyed playing in 64 your house and stuff like that. So it seemed like a natural fit. Um, but after that, I was looking to get a quote unquote more adult console because Nintendo puts a hard cap on, on some of that sort of things. And I was getting into shooters. Sure. So I wanted one of those two, and we never had a PlayStation 2. I didn't love the PlayStation 2. I'd, I had a PlayStation 2. Yeah, but you had it later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> greatest well, response. So you had it at the end of, the, of its life. You actually, you might have even gotten that after PS3 came out already. No, definitely not. 
I, I'm not actually sure. I'm 100% sure the PS3 okay. didn't come out. Um, anyway, I had friends who had original Xbox. Sure. Who I played with them with that. And so I think it probably was part and parcel that I was more comfortable with that like controller and that layout like and everything like that. And like I loved the Halo series even though I didn't own it. Yeah. So, because um, like, Halo 3 came out, what, a year or two after the, uh, the Xbox 360 came out? And that was like a, a time when like exclusives mattered a lot. Halo Two was on the original. Or Halo, Xbox. Halo Three. Halo Three, yeah, it was on, yeah, it was a little bit later. Um, so I think I just like I had friends who had the Xbox who were going to get the 360. So I was like, okay, it makes sense. Yeah, to- get on the same ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, play together. That's funny. I was only I was curious just because I, uh, I only know like what like how I ended up in the boats that I have been in over the years, and I, like I. I've always been wondering, like, how did people land in one space or the other? And I feel like a lot of it has to do with kind of just where your friends were playing. Yeah. Which I think it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense in the case for Xbox, especially with, like, how early they were with online play and Xbox Live and how well that worked, like, in the beginning, considering there wasn't anything, like, mainstream like that at the time. Uh, well, sorry, on console, I should say. Like, yeah, we, uh, uh, we played uh, with the original Xbox online. Uh, we made that work before Xbox Live through GameSpy. We would tunnel it through GameSpy Arcade, and it would trick the system into thinking it was in the same room as another Xbox. It was, I mean, the fact that we could figure this stuff out, <laughs> I just don't really... <laughs> I don't even know how we figured it out. <laughs> but there was all, there were thousands of other people that did too, because there were plenty of people to play with for free. <laughs> well, that's basically how private, or I guess public, rather, internet started as well, I think. Mm. Which I is mind blowing to me. It, it, like, you know mind bottling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like when you put your mind in a bottle and you can't get out. <laughs> I know. I was just curious how uh, how how you started and where you stand on those. There's nothing really further to go into that. That stuff's not coming out until next holiday. Um, not this holiday, but one after, most likely. Yeah, no, I wouldn't um, be surprised if it took me six or more months for me to get the next one. Yeah, the uh, I will probably get the Xbox. Day one because of the, the Halo will drop with it. Okay, yeah. So. See, I've been out of the the loop with Halo for multiple generations now. Um, uh, really, the only things that I buy now is the occasional sports game and um, Bioware. Whatever, whatever Bioware does. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I will say I'm going to make an exception, even though I've never been a CD Projekt Red person. I'm Cyberpunk. I'm interested in Cyberpunk. Yeah. I'm going to probably get that one. Yeah. That looks, that and looks I'm going to get I'm going to get the Fallen Order, most likely as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I, mean, I do. Time sure a few weeks, so that, yeah, definitely got. We definitely have to get to that. Um, I've been yeah, hearing really good stuff as well. about it too. The first reviews are starting to come out. Nice, sweet. What other news and nuggets? Um, Dark Fate. Oh, Ugh. I think you said that wrong. And dreading you. Sorry, no, no. Dark Fat. Yeah. What do you got? <laughs> All right, I was I was choking on a on a cough drop. Um. Uh, <laughs> so apparently James Cameron gave an, an, an interview recently with, I think it's officially out or it's out in the next day or two. Um, the movie is or his interview? <laughs> the movie. Oh. <laughs> um, and I, actually IGN review of it was really strong. It was like an eight. Oh. Um, <laughs> sorry, did you hear Dexter whimpering there? No, not at all. <laughs> um, he is on the other side of the microphone and as my sister has, uh. And educated all of us. Wait, sound? Can you come behind the microphone? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it was reversed. She asked if you could hear sound from behind a speaker. This, I mean, this was years ago, but still. Wonderful. 
I was like, here, I put on music on my computer and then I turned it around so it was like, not facing away from her. It was like, do you still hear it? <laughs> um, Great. But uh, <laughs> he was talking about the potential for sequels and from what I understand, the ending of this movie without getting into any spoilers because I haven't read any spoiler sure. views. Um, apparently it could work both as an end or as a gateway to a continuation. Please end it, please. But James Cameron... Um, said that if they were to do sequels that he would want to continue to look at or start to look at in a more specific way the idea of the human relationship with artificial intelligence because it's like just always kind of like been a thing in these movies Mm. but not like ever been an investigation even in genesis they kind of came the closest to touching on it like why it's a thing yeah um and it's funny, as I was reading this like excerpt from this interview, what I found interesting was it mirrored a similar concept to what ultimately the Mass Effect trilogy ended up being all about. The idea of, as time goes on, it's an inevitability that humanity will always push towards creating artificial intelligence. And that the whole idea of why a Terminator series can continue on is because no matter how many times you kill Skynet, someone is always going to build. Right. It may not be called Skynet, but they're always going to build Skynet, right? And that's ultimately what the ending of anyone who's played the end of Mass Effect 3, what, what the story was all about was it's a repeating cycle that we always move towards it. It's, a, it's, it's what we've been moving towards from the very beginning of humanity is technology is always our way of innovating to solve problems. And this is ultimately the, the ultimate solution to problems that we need to solve, right? Mm-hmm. Is an artificial intelligence. Um, and I, so I found that to be an interesting yeah. idea. If they were to actually delve into that specific relationship. That would be cool if they could pull off doing this really interesting, really well-marketed movie about a company working on this and almost like a mockumentary right like building out like what an artificial intelligence company was like building out what it could look like and actually making it work and then naming it at the end of the movie and then going oh shit <laughs> it's kind <Skynet." laughs> and like tying it in that way uh i don't know it's just it'd be if end it or come back in another 10 years with something interesting whatever uh, i'm interested i, I still want to see it so i'm excited i feel like it. considering how much we've made fun of the title we probably should see it Oh, I, I mean, I'm definitely seeing it. I, uh, as, as cringy as some of the lines in the trailer are, I'm seeing the movie. I like the concept. Uh, but, I, yeah, we'll see what happens. Hopefully the trailer didn't show everything that was big. Um, Just saying, I don't know why uh, Common is promoting AI and why people are still deciding to make AI after all of the countless examples they have on why AI doesn't work, i.e. the Geth and Terminators. Because, come on, we're smarter than them. Oh, <laughs> Frustrates me that everyone has these examples from, what, what was the first Terminator, 1984? 35 years ago, they predicted how terrible machines would be, yet we're still trying to develop AI. We have a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what uh, they all say. It's, uh, no, it, it, is, it is funny, it's kind of like a, if in the real world a zombie came to life, we would just we would know what to do, <laughs> right? Uh, in in this case, it's like, well, we should have seen this coming. <laughs> yeah, one would think, and yet 
I mean, hell, even stuff like uh, in Shaun of the Dead, right? They don't know how to deal with it, and they know right, it's a right. world where they know what zombies are. Because remember, says one of them is one person. I thought we weren't going to say the Z word. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I got to rewatch those. So fun, so fun. Uh, speaking of what, speaking of fun, Zombieland yeah. Two was fun. Oh, it is, I am seeing it tomorrow, so that'll be our next episode. Ah, okay. Sound good? Yeah, Excellent. it's all good, man. It's all <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> teasers. Uh, any other news and nuggets before the uh, big guy? No, let's do this. Let's all do right. the main, the main event of the uh, the. <sighs> can, can I throw in one yeah. last thought on Terminator? Yeah, I am all for no. a mockumentary, <laughs> like you said about humans developing AI. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you undermined me in the the, the the swing of my main yes. one here, so now I got to do it back to you. Um, I'm all for a mockumentary or, or drama, whatever you want. Or how about it. like a found footage thing of like, yeah, I mean, like we're like someone's like like doing like a behind the scenes like like oh like we're doing this thing like hey look we're, it's like a, like a tour through the facility type of thing. Yeah, and, and, I like, like it. It, that that's what it goes active and like everything goes to hell yeah. and that sort of thing. It's all an interesting concept about humans' relationship with AI and building it. But can we stop making Terminator movies? It was no need after the second one, and yet they still kept making them, and they got progressively worse and worse. And it's just, I'm sorry, Arnold, you got to hang up the cleats, man. Like we love you, you're iconic. <laughs> make different movies for one, for two. You can't come up with any new or better ideas for the actual Terminators. The cleats. Like, there's no new ideas that they have for these Terminators. They just look more laughably dumb time after time. And, like, enough with with bringing back old characters thinking that's going to make me care about them. Because this franchise is old and dead. Leave it with what it was. Stop trying to get money out of it. I feel like this movie's going to tank and not do well. So it's just things that you should kill, leave the past. Yeah, leave the past behind and kill it if you have to. The exactly. next time you're saying, if you think about making a Terminator or an artificial intelligence movie, instead what you should do is go hang out with your friends and watch Terminator Two or Ex Machina. Right? That's what I'm. Yes. That just yes, watch these. Exactly uh, watch these other ones that are already fantastic. Two greatly superior movies and. I mean, I'm still. Well, you promised. don't know that. You can't say that the movie didn't come out. I mean, you're right. I guess, but you can't say. Yeah, that. right. <laughs> that's like us saying Dark Phoenix is going to be trash before it comes out. Wait, wait, Anthony. A uh, hot take. Uh, better than I expected. Yes, now, I don't know if that's because that I placed good. the bar well below the ground before I watched it on an airplane. As you know, adds two points. I uh, it, it I enjoyed it. <laughs> and all I'm going to say is, if you're going to set the bar low. And then you're going to make a new Terminator with James Cameron. He's raising the bar for all of That's us. That's true. I'm just saying, though, we people enjoyed Venom, but Venom's not a good movie. That's fair. So, uh, <laughs> you can say you kind of enjoyed bits and pieces of Dark Phoenix, because I actually have watched two in-depth reviews of the movies. Wait, wait, wait. Did you watch yeah. the movie? No, I have no, not watched the movie. Then you're done. You can't, you no, can't speak to the movie just... until you've seen the movie. Sorry. Anyways. It's just the case. You can't go off other people's opinion. That's true, because I read and watched reviews of the Joker. People loved it, and I read and watched reviews of people of the Joker who hated it. Um, And I obviously fell somewhere in the middle. Um, But (laughs) I feel like you fell in the middle, but you were more on the dislike side, but you had your own personal reasons. I fell on the other side. I enjoyed it, but I don't think I enjoyed it for the reasons other people really enjoyed it. I've but. never watched, and I've watched many in-depth, and I'm not just talking reviews, I'm talking scene-by-scene reviews 
of so it's not just like oh yeah this happened and that happened scene by scene reviews of a movie i've never watched those types of videos on youtube about a movie where they completely panned it and i disagree with them i've never done that reviews yes scene by scene your view of the movie is already skewed because of that and you won't actually be able to give yourself an honest opinion or a review because you're already going to be you're going to have a bias that's based on how you've already felt from the material that you watch, which is why I try to avoid detailed information about something before I see it. Everyone has a bias going into any movie if sure. they've just seen a trailer. Sure, but you're saying you watched in-depth <laughs> breakdowns of the movie. Including full scenes of the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, which I, actually, the, the, thing I, the question I have for you um, on this movie specifically, at least, um, how many of these and how in-depth were they that you watched? Why didn't you just watch the movie at that point? Because it sounds like you spent almost as much screen time, maybe broken up across multiple different viewings. But... Well, two 20 to 25-minute uh, videos on a span of two days, and I didn't have to spend money on it. Here's the thing. That's a, that's a big thing, too. I don't want to spend money on a movie that I know is going to be bad. Or, that's fair. Okay. If you want to like slightly it, enjoyable. and you're afraid you're not going to like it, watch it on an airplane. <laughs> Moving well, on. You have to pay, so I have to pay for the plane ticket <laughs> no, no, no. to just, go somewhere. Just, just time, I don't it. Want to just time it around that. You don't, don't buy the yeah. plane ticket. Just next time you're on a plane, and hope that get Dark the Phoenix movie. is one of the movies. Yeah, put it on your phone or something. I'm sure you'll be able to download it. Uh, Star Wars. The Rise of Skywalker. The trailer is out. The tickets went on sale before the trailer, which was amazing because nobody knew. <laughs> and I was able to get in without a problem, and all of the seats were available. <laughs> Perfect. Very exciting. Uh, so I, I definitely, a tear rolled. Uh, the, there's an incredible use of the theme song uh, about three quarters of the way through the trailer that I don't remember ever hearing before that just made my heart swell. <laughs> oh yeah, they they definitely it was a, a like an uh, a different take on the main theme. Yeah, yes, and it was so good. Uh, I mean, let's be honest, you get nothing right other than speculation out of the trailer. There's, they're not going to give you anything. It's it's. What's the thing is, I, I was surprised after watching. I was like, man, it feels like they're really giving away some things. And then I was like, you know what? No, just no. I remember real. episode seven and eight, and they lied to us so much in those trailers. Absolutely. So I remember how you remember how many hours us included we fell for the trap somewhat. But I feel like we also addressed the potential for it being a trap. And I'm not saying we're the only people who, who identified that, but there were a lot of people who went wholeheartedly into the scene in Episode 8 trailer where he's reaching out to her and it looks like they're actually aligning. It was, but the way they cut up the lines where she says, I need a teacher, and he goes, I can teach you. Yeah. Like, like they lied to us and they cut it, right? And mm-hmm. so she says, you know, no one knows me. And then he says, I do. I, I'm willing to bet a significant amount of money that those two lines do not actually match up one-to-one. Like, oh, right. Where they deliver one other. after another. It's different people. Like, um. <laughs> there's, there's probably a full hour in between those two lines being delivered. <laughs> in fact, yeah. I'm guessing the I do happens before her saying that line. Yeah, the I do is like, someone's like, do you really want to kill me? <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, okay, so, like I said, the mu- music, uh, it got me. Um, the, uh, not, not, I will say actually, I think the first, the first full trailer, the one with, where it starts with her in the desert and that's really good. Over the thing with using the, the, <laughs> I think that's actually been my favorite of the, of the trailers, but yeah. this one was good too, obviously. That was a, that's a really good trailer. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, this one, this one has just it just it's a lot more teases and like fun stuff getting thrown at you. Just just little clips. Uh, I'm thinking like you know there's that there's that scene in the trailer of like what looks like some sort of ice island in the water and ships flying towards it. I feel like that's going to be this movie's version of the uh, the salt planet where we think the movie's like it's got to be over, right? No, no, there's a whole thing coming <laughs> that we did. I, I, I remember. <laughs> The exact second when we were watching eight in the theater, <laughs> Wait a and minute. they were they were escaping on all the lifeboats, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh man, this is a really this is a really rough like ending and all that." I was like, "No, not ending," because there's that whole huge yep. sequence they've been yeah. showing in the trailer. There's gonna be easily forty five minutes left in this movie. <laughs> so exciting! Uh, well, I mean, needless to say. I'm obviously thrilled. the The C three PO thing uh, it cut that me was deep. Of all- all of it had tearjerker worthy, but that was the dagger in the fucking yeah. heart, man. That was Especially dumb. with R2-D2, like, dancing around, like, no, God, please! <laughs> uh, also, I have to say, I watched that trailer twice, like, that night, and actually, I didn't get to watch it again. Um, and I was looking at just, like, a slideshow of, like, you know, hey, little Easter egg you may not notice. Yeah, yeah. You know what I didn't notice in that scene? Just by watching it, by the way, on both my projector screen, which is huge, uh-huh. and, and HD, and... And my other TV, which is like a 65-inch TV. His head hooked up with some sort of mechanism? or No, I saw that. What I didn't notice is that in f- the, as it pans to everyone facing C-3PO, on the far end is the Carrie Russell Zori Bliss character. I didn't even register. I thought she was literally like a stand of something. next. I didn't even huh. realize it was a person. Interesting. Yeah. Sounds like you didn't either. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to need one of those scene-by-scene breakdowns because you know it's peppered with goodies. Well, the thing is, like, not even like they were hiding it. She's just standing there on the edge of the whole group, yeah, like, yeah, not, like oh, not not like physically separated yeah. either, like shoulder to shoulder with someone. <laughs> <Not a> trick. <laughs> yeah, and I was just, like, I literally like my eyes treated it like like a coat stand next right. standing next to the group of people. Like, right. Didn't even process that it was a person standing there. Man, oh my god, I'm so excited. Uh, I just, do have to return a set of tickets because I bought too many sets of tickets for different days because I was afraid of dates. <laughs> but <laughs> we're going day one, obviously. Yes. Dominic, how do you feel? So, I will start this off, and I will... It doesn't matter how you feel, because you didn't like episode 8. Get out! (laughs) Um, I don't know what any of you guys talked about prior to the last, like, minute and 30 seconds of you guys speaking, but I will say this. I am pretty excited, especially with the second trailer. Mm. I want to know how Palpatine comes back, and I want to know what Rey and Kylo are going to do. He comes back and I will say I was overall not a big fan of the eighth one. And here's my thoughts about it. Again, I'm pretty excited. I'm going to see it day one for sure. Um, Not watching a a long trailer. Or excuse me, not watching a scene-by-scene comparison. I'm going to go see the movie. Good. So anyways, um, one of my thoughts was... Wait, wait. This is that. I'm giving you an assignment. You're going to watch the movie. When you get home from watching the movie, you're going to write down your feelings and opinions on the movie. And you're going to seal that in an envelope. And then, and then we're gonna reveal to that. Yeah. Okay. So here's my thoughts. <laughs> you know, people have been talking about, and this is going back to eight, but people have been talking about how they thought that Ryan Johnson just destroyed the vision that J.J. Abrams created for this. And you know, there's some people who say yes, some people say no. I know Al. You think no? It, he, it's not thick. He got to, no. They would not have let him make the let movie. Me, let me just if he let me destroyed just the vision. That's the point. only issue I have with that. Let me get to my point. Well, maybe we just agree to disagree, whatever. But my 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 thought process here is in the eighth one. It's a big takeaway from the movie. He says, "Let the past die. Kill it if you have to." 
And people took it as, okay, they're going in a new direction. They're, they're moving on past our old characters that we know and love. And whether you agree with that or you disagree with that, that's fine. You can have your opinion. I'm not going to argue with anyone about that anymore because I think everyone's set on their opinion for that. But then why does J.J., they give it back to him, this movie, and say, all right, finish this story. And he says, I want to tie up all nine of the movies, not just this movie or this trilogy, but all the movies, because he said that. And if he wants to do that, and, and he was on board with what Ryan Johnson was doing in terms of going in a different direction and moving past just the Skywalker saga, and again, like that, don't like it, whatever. Why then does he bring back the Emperor? Does he bring back, because I watched, I did watch a trailer breakdown where some huge Star Wars nerd was literally listing every type of spaceship seen in the trailer. Yeah. And he's like, these are all not First Order ships, these are em- old Empire Star Destroyers. And I guess you'd have to do the research for yourself. I have no time. I just got a new job. But um, what's it called? This guy seemed pretty convincing in his evidence for that. So you bring him back. I don't think that's even really a tinfoil hat thing. I, like, he's he's right. Yeah. Okay. I, they I, are, I guess they are Empire ships. I wasn't paying attention to whether they were First Order or Empire. I was just looking like, oh, yeah, those are evil ships. I get it. So, like I said, you're bringing back Palpatine. You're bringing back what seems like the remnants or a hidden section of the old Empire. You're bringing back old rebel ships. You're bringing back Billy D. You're getting all these feelings of nostalgia because maybe a little bit. I, I can't speak for JJ because I'm not in his head. But maybe he's trying to bring back a little bit of feelings and nostalgia to get those fans who were so angry with the big changes that happened in Last Jedi. So if he's okay with, and again, I don't know if he's okay with personally versus professionally with what Ryan was doing. But why do you throw that line in and he decides to come back and make this new movie? And now he's bringing back the past. You know, I'm just thinking, why would he do all of this stuff well, there's a- if we were coursing a new plot for the direction of Star Wars? A, thing a, is, a number of reasons. A number you're, of saying reasons. It is one, you're saying it is one question, but what you're actually asking is multiple questions. Well, I didn't say it was one question. I said it's multiple things. <laughs> uh, I first, first off, misdirection. That's, that's one. Uh, you don't want to see where it's going. The easiest way to do that is to misdirect the audience until the finale. One, one second, one. Man, before you... Yeah. Before you continue, you're familiar with the, the Abrams mystery boxing, right? Uh, no. Oh, okay. So this is important then for him. So going back for, this is easily a decade now, Abrams has what he's kind of coined, or someone who is like a scholar of him has coined the, the J.J. Abrams mystery box in that everything has to be tightly controlled and ultra, ultra secretive. Um, and everything is just an attempt to misdirect you until you actually get to see the movie. Any, no, any promotional okay, material, yeah, yeah. any trailer, any interview that's given is all carefully controlled by him so that no one can give out the actual truth yeah. any more than what he's allowed them to say. He'll say, hey, these are the things you're allowed to talk about, not one iota beyond that. Yeah. And he's, perf- he's looked at those things and said, these things will not be able to tip off what's coming to you. So... That as, may not be limited. That it could include a character assassination of Ryan Johnson. Just throw that out there. But go on. <laughs> well, but anyway, and so you asked what were we discussing before you came back. What we were saying is we already know that episode seven and eight, the trailers have lied to us repeatedly. Yes, they have. And I believe that will be the case with a lot of the things that go on in this Maybe. trailer as well. Specifically, what we were talking about was, if you remember the sequence where she says, no one knows who I am, and then he says, I do. We're, we, were, we are willing to bet <laughs> substantial amounts of money that those two lines are not going to be delivered in that order in the same scene. Yeah, that's very good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, the thing, though, is... So, like, what I'm saying is a lot of what you saw is will be in the movie, but won't be in the order yes, that you've seen it. it, and what they're showing you probably isn't what's going to happen. Yeah. 
Well, well, I don't know to what degree that that's going to be true. But again, you bring. We know that the emperor is going to be in this. Why do you bring back that character? Why do you bring back old empire vessels and Lando and all these things if we have to chart towards this new direction? Because I don't think one way or the other, Lando needed to be in this one. I think he brought him back for a bit of nostalgia. No, I think they brought. Well, yes, but specifically yeah. they brought him back because they. There's literally nothing they can do about characters should die. Yeah. That's the reason. Yeah. yeah. But all I'm saying is, again, why do you bring back all these old characters and old stuff if you're so dead set on moving forward well, and moving past that? Well, because hang saying, on, it's not about it's not it is about moving past that, but it's about moving past that as closing the loop. This is a this is the end of a nine movie series. And it will move us on to other stuff, but it's it is still part of the same storyline. There is still closure that needs to happen with characters and histories and things that we don't know about. You do have to, you honestly, you have to bring Lando back. I think either way he was coming back because I do yeah, think you, you can't you can't just say, oh yeah, he just died. Yeah, like it, he wasn't just like, he saw somewhere yeah. he died. So I think that that well, I'm happy I think he has that. to I'm be saying, there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a relatively small role oh, yeah. in this movie as far as like as far as like total screen time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I what I will say is I think. You're taking a too narrow of a view of the whole thing about letting the past die. Specifically, uh, what I've always read that to be, in, it, what Episode Eight has shown you is casting off the dogma of Jedi versus Sith. It was what that whole movie was about. It's what that line specifically was about. What it was delivered by him, and it was it was the mirror image of the exact same thing with different words that Luke was telling her as well. Title of the movie and also. Un- yeah, until <laughs> we see this movie to see whether or not they've undone that. But I would be highly surprised if they're undoing the idea of casting off the idea of Jedi versus Sith per se. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just saying, do you need Emperor to come back for this? Because I think it's... I don't know yet. We'll have to see the movie. I I guess. I'm just saying, couldn't we come up with something new or something else? Because I really feel like at the end of the first trilogy, the Emperor's story in this story is done. Here's why I don't think you... Here's why I think it's a good idea. Introducing a a new core villain in the third act of a saga, I feel like would be a mistake. I would agree. Uh, because now, what, I, what I would have said was just let Ben Solo ascend to being, are you okay there? I don't know what De- that De- De- perception issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would just let Ben ascend to being the lead. That's yeah, I agree with that. Villain. But I'm not opposed to this because it would be consistent with all the plotting he has done for well, the nine-episode run. You I know also what I mean? think that Ben's character is not strong enough to become that person. He's a weak character, and I, he's just going to die, in my opinion. He's not going to make it. Possible, too. I also, yeah, I don't know that he's going... To, I don't think the, the Emperor is going to have very much screen time either. Right. Um, a couple of laughs. But being the master <laughs> manipulator that he is and was... Um, it's consistent that he's always... I mean, they've already... They've laid the groundwork already for this in, remember, canonically, mm. Star Wars Battlefront Two, Operation Cinder. Like, him having the ability to reach from beyond the grave has been a thing that's been introduced to us three or four years ago. I thought he was just in a hologram, though. I'm just saying, from him having the ability to continue to have uh, impact on the world around him from beyond the grave is something mm-hmm. that we have already been introduced to so we shouldn't be surprised by this i get it and i will say i'm i'm in agreement with you when they first announced he was coming back i had mixed emotions because on the one hand i was like 
love the Emperor. Yeah. Especially love Ian McDermott as yeah. the Emperor. So getting more time with him, totally on board for yeah. it. But I have a fear that they won't quote unquote do it right. Or yeah. that like whatever they choose to do won't justify bringing him back. Yes. It's a very real concern. I'm just not going to let it hold me back from trying to enjoy the movie. Now, once we've done, once the credits roll, is it possible that I'll have been disappointed with it? Sure. Sure. But I'm not going to go in expecting to be disappointed. Right. But again, you tease this character because I still don't feel like we've seen enough of him. Kylo Ren, I still don't feel like he's gotten enough development and enough treatment as the main threat because they killed Snoke off clearly because they thought that Kylo Ren was more important. So I feel like introducing the Emperor back into the story is going to take away from Kylo Ren mm-hmm. and just distract you with this guy who we already know. Who well, we, who I don't think anything need anything new. Like, I want to see more of the Emperor, but you don't need it. We I, do kind of need more of Kylo. I think what Anthony said, it makes a lot of sense, is that in the end of the, at the end of the day, Ben isn't interesting enough to be the one true villain, maybe. Um, That's and kind of a failing. The other thing I'll say... Well, you can say that. That's fine. I, I won't say that you're necessarily wrong until I, again, until I see how the story ends. Yeah. Sure. Um, but what I've tried to tell you for a while now, since eight came out was obviously Snoke was a red herring. I mean, he has been from the beginning. Communism he, was just a red herring. And whether that meant because Palpatine was still available, which remember everyone's been wondering about the Palpatine influence since before seven came out. Yeah. Um, or because Ben was supposed to be the main villain, whichever avenue it took, it always felt like he was kind of a stand-in for whatever was going to come next. And in this case, what's going to come to finish the whole story off. Um, uh, the one thing I, I, I'll say to your Ryan Johnson thing is, apart from just the fact that it's been their official stance, and you know, you can say that words don't mean anything, but they backed it up with their actions because they gave him another trilogy to make. They are beyond pleased with the movie that Ryan Johnson made. Otherwise, he would not be making three more of them. Have you heard what he actually said recently about that? I was actually just watching a video about that. What? Someone specifically asked him, what's the status of those? He's like, oh, yeah, you know, it'd be nice if those are made. You know, I got to still talk to him. So that's not yeah, convincing then, me that I'm no kidding working on the next theory. It's like, it's still talking about it. Well, no. Well, the one thing I'll say on that topic is when we were done with this, I was going to go on to not quite a killing the narrative, but rather a knock it off, which is the cousin of the kill the narrative. Yeah. There's been about 15 stories about that in the last five months. And it's just someone continuing every time they see him in public saying, Hey, are you still making them? And he's like, yeah, when they're ready to be made. Hey, are you still making them? Yeah. I'm in the middle of making this other movie, which I told them I was making. And then we're going to make that one. What movie is that? Knives out the one that's coming out. In a couple oh, weeks. Okay. Um, so, that I saw that thing that you said, and I was like, you know what, that does sound a little odd. And then he just literally today, like two hours before we started this, I was like, oh, I should mention this on the show today. There was another story, which they followed up the, the interview you're saying. He goes, oh, did I say if? He goes, yeah, I'm sorry, that was just poorly worded. We're doing the movies. All right. We just have to get an official so date on when they want me to start. That's new information I have not heard. But the whole point is, there has never been anything introduced by any real reporting that has said that there wasn't going to be the made. It's just been a, when are they going to start it? And he has been consistent, Disney's been consistent in saying, yeah, we're not sure yet when we're going to do it, but we're just not sure when. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. I mean, yeah. whatever. I, I mean, it's been, considering they greenlit the Benioff and Weiss trilogy oh. first, it's not surprising that they would get the first crack at right. it. So, right. As okay. a, 
No, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to... No, say what you want to say. I was going to move on to another piece of this, so go on. No, I probably complained enough about Ryan Johnson <laughs> today. All right. Uh, so I just wanted to go through a few scenes, stuff that I, I just wrote quick bullets on just so that uh, it could maybe spark some more dialogue. The opening of the of the trailer with the training in the woods and then quick cut to an actual action in some situation was amazing. <laughs> I don't like I was like so I was like oh <laughs> as that happened I was very excited about it. And uh it like seeing that helmet drop which looked like the old helmets from Jedi like onto the grass. Like that was yeah. just like there's just like that those icons happening throughout the movie or throughout the trailer are like very exciting and really really pulling on those you know those nostalgia strings which is I mean I'm I'm all for in this case. Uh and I just thought that, that that particular sequence was was really well done. Uh, I think from there you get into that what you were talking about, like uh, I do that whole scene. Uh, she Ray looks pissed in that scene, <laughs> and uh, it's it's clearly not just everything that's happened before over the past few years. I don't know how long it's been uh, since the last movie. I assume time has passed. Um, you know what? I think, didn't they confirm it's supposed to be a year? Is that it? I think so. Well, the only reason I ask is it appears in one scene, and I don't know if this is maybe just the way that I was seeing Is Kylo's face completely healed? I don't know. I, I got that impression from one of the stills. But uh, anyway, okay, so just a year. We'll see what that means. Uh, but yeah, she's like, clearly something has like is happening like, or like has just happened in that scene, which is uh, she looks very angry, but like she looks dark side angry. Which is what I thought was interesting. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, the other, the next thing that was the uh, the Star Destroyer being pulled out of the water. And as it's being pulled out of the water, there's a lot of lightning involved. <laughs> and I, oh, yeah. to, I assume that that's going to be some sort of Emperor-related thing. I don't know what it will need, but... Yeah, I mean, lightning and him kind of go along. Man like man. Uh, like uh, lamb and tuna fish. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so... One of the things that you had texted me about, which I had seen, uh, we were both pretty excited, the ghost ship behind the Falcon. Pretty yeah. cool. What can that mean for characters that we might be seeing on screen? That could be pretty awesome. I had asked you, and I have not been able to confirm this, and I think it's just wild speculation on my part because I want it to be true, but a ship below it, to the left in the distance, almost looked like it could have been Dash's freighter. <laughs> well, I read something similar to what Dominic was talking about with the Empire slash First Order ships, uh-huh. and it was it was a breakdown of each class of ship shown in that one shot of the Alliance ships, uh-huh. and it is that, definitely that it's that class of ship. Okay. I don't know for sure if, if it's, it's that ship, the ship per se, but it is the exact same. That's type of ship, yes. that's dope. <laughs> that would be amazing. Just just to even if it's just a nod to the character, like it doesn't actually have to be that. Like that's that, I think that's kind of cool. Well, just the same thing with the ghost because it go the ghost was in rope one as well but you know yeah the characters obviously yeah um and just so you know while you're, you're teeing that up i looked up and yes it's it's roughly a year after the episode okay, cool. well, that's good to know interesting, interesting. um the Actually, other- brief, brief asylum yeah. while we're talking about this um the new and i think they're only doing a total of two seasons of resistance just came back which i had no idea was coming out huh. like when it did um it's kicking off with them showing up at Dakar, right after the bombardment at the beginning of episode eight. Huh. So it is literally right in the shit. So I don't know when it's going to end, if it's going to end. Oh. I mean, considering it's however many episodes, 
it's entirely possible that it ends as a direct lead-in to nine. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, all right. I guess I'm gonna have to watch that. <laughs> uh, what's with the uh, so Ray's blue lightsaber? Mm-hmm. What 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 is the speculation here? What do you mean? Is it built off of the crystal of the broken lightsaber? Is it her own? Has that? What I what I would assume is that it's a new crystal, but it's clearly the same housing because that's what, yeah, that's what's in the original trailer. They show when they show her ignite it. It's clearly the Anakin lightsaber. Do you think it's just a repair job? Uh, it's possible. Okay. I mean, technically, I know we're getting rid of the whole trappings of being a Jedi or not. Um, but that was like the thing you had to do to become a Jedi Knight was to build your own lightsaber. Hmm. Um, but that being said, whether you're going to keep with that whole dogma or not. To become a Skywalker, you need to just need take a Skywalker's regardless. lightsaber. <laughs> but after the the general, what the heck's her name? From Admiral Haldo? Yeah, Admiral Haldo. After she sends her ship crashing through the mothership, and she has to flee from Kylo in the First Order, did she really pick up every bit and piece of Anakin's lightsaber and say, crap, I'm going to need this for later? Well, I mean, I'm guarantee you she wasn't going to be able to use it for some time until she was able to fix it. In the Star Wars universe, I'm assuming the only rare and important piece is that crystal. <laughs> like, I feel like everything else could probably no, be... No, the housing, like you said. It's, it's I know, but I feel like she it's just like... the whole housing up. I mean, I suppose it's also possible that she could have just built it from scratch sure. and just modeled it after it. Right, from the local Home Depot. I but mean, she didn't. I didn't she want. have it in the? <laughs> uh, didn't she have it when she, they were on the Falcon? Theme? I don't remember. I think she might have had it in... Oh, uh, yeah, you probably be right. Like... Clearly broken, but I like I thought she had it. We'll have to we'll have to go back and look. Uh, so uh, there's also the scene that and Al and I have talked about this a little bit, very briefly. The scene of Ray and Kylo smashing down what looks like a statue or a robot of some kind. It looks very metallic. It yeah. looks very like robotic. Uh, Just make sure your volume's off. Ky- yeah, so. Kylo doesn't look like. Kylo, like it doesn't that? And I, well, that's what I had mentioned to Alice. It doesn't look like it's him in the suit, which I was wondering if maybe it's like Finn or Poe in the outfit, or it could just be that they did a bad job of casting his stuntman. It could be. It could very well be. It's just the way that he's holding the lightsaber is not. It just it doesn't kind of match up with how. Well, the holding of the lightsaber is tough to tell because, and I didn't watch it again live, but I sent you that still when we were talking about it, mm-hmm. and like in. Up like a snapshot of of like a still of him swinging lights up like you're not gonna be able to tell really, but you're right. The stance, something about it seems off. It seems off. And also, but I just it's, wonder. It's I just wonder. It's, not helmet scenes that we've seen already. <laughs> well, I just wonder. You know, he's wearing the helmet, so it could just be an extra. Mm-hmm. Because clearly, that person was taller than her, and like right. I don't actually know if John Boyega is taller than Daisy Ridley. That's true. So, and whereas Adam Driver is clearly like six inches taller than her. So I guess doesn't look like it there. No, no, I know. But I think she holds it when she's sitting in the Falcon at the end. Mm. I guess we'll have to see if uh, when we see the movie. Just, this is just wild speculation at this point. And the only other note that I had here uh, was that the trailer dropped on Carrie Fisher's birthday. And that's pretty cool. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, that's pretty. Sp- so uh, any other notes on the Star Wars trailer? What do you got? I know you, ha- you got to have thoughts, Sal. Um, I'm going to probably need to watch it again a couple of more times, but, yeah. um, that scene where the Star Destroyer is coming up out of the ice, badass as fuck. Oh, yeah. Um, that got, that got the juices pumping after we were, like, getting, like, some of the feels and the motions. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I, um, I almost shed a tear when C-3PO said, I'm just oh, taking I, I a absolutely to my friends. Um, 
as you said, you appreciated the uh, use of the Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, yep, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go cry uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I just I liked that there was a, there was just that sense of weight that you need to. I love that it was. I actually liked that it's a middle finger to you that you don't get to see the the actual get, get to see Palpatine. Yeah. Um, and what I didn't notice in the first watch, and then I thought about the second time. And then I saw someone else write something about it. It's possible that when you do kind of almost see him over his shoulder, it's possible that's a hologram. Oh, yeah. Um, but at the same time, you do clearly see the, the robe flutter. Now, it could have been fluttering in the hologram, but the point is, like, that you see the, the yeah. robe flutter past where his face would be. Yep. Um, but I love how it's such a specific choice of where the camera is placed where you can tell that that's probably him on whatever it is that he's sitting on. Yep, robot chair. Um, robot chair. Yeah. Um, probably the new Gunray ro- robot chair, it seems like. Um, but it's such a fuck you. Yeah. But I, I respect it. Yeah. Imagine uh, like taking lying to a new level, and they were just like, no, the Emperor's not in the movie. <laughs> Could you imagine this whole thing? Has just been. They hired him to just do voiceover for trailers. That, oh my god! And, and, and to deliver the first trailer. Mm-hmm. Roll it again. I mean, I pro- he probably just enjoyed doing that. But yeah. um, uh, you know, what? he's the type of guy who I would fear. Prior to that having happened at Star Wars Celebration, um, what if I would have feared that once he was done, which is like, okay, I'm done. He seems to genuinely love it. And if you ever seen any of the stuff, like he's been at conventions and stuff like that, he loves it. And it's funny because he's like the anti Alec Guinness with <laughs> Obi Wan, who like literally had no time for any of this bullshit, right? And instead, Ian McDermott completely like leans into it and loves it. That makes me so happy for yeah. some reason. It's it's great. It's I um, mean, it, it, isn't that just like that's a wonderful way to live? Thinking and like it just enjoying all this stuff and like really just being a part of it. That's awesome. I am the one thing I was curious about this trailer was actually an omission, and. I was surprised we didn't get anything else involving the scene with Dark Ray with the two-sided lightsaber. Yeah. Now, what I'll say is I didn't expect us to get much more, mm-hmm. but just a slight tweak of how we saw that scene to just continue to, but don't forget this is going on. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I'm curious, because obviously it's such an important... It looks like, like a loaded dark cave dream, though. That's what I wondered since the very first time yep. we saw yeah. it was, is it a dark cave dream or just a dark dream period or yeah, yeah. maybe a vision of what a potential future of her going down the dark side could look like, maybe through some sort of manipulation of her mind by the emperor type of thing, you know mm. what I mean? Like, But I have always had that feeling too that it's probably, quote unquote, not real. Right. But I'm surprised they wouldn't that there's no give tease you or anything, just 1% resurfacing it. about that scene. Yeah. Maybe... You know, it shows her from the front. Maybe they sh- they flip it around and they show it from the side and it's her walking down a hall or something like right, that. Right, you know, right. Something. Or, you know, you get one more extra second before that happened or after it happened to just be like, don't forget about it. The fact that they don't at all, I'm not sure how to interpret it because my first thought is maybe that's showing us that it was a red herring. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you'd want to keep it more f- like front and center if that was the case. Like... Because, like we said, I, it seems like none of us believes that it's no real, probably. Um, the only way I could see it being real is if that's, like, the final scene in the movie. Right. Because it's like, the saga's done for now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I do... 
I do hope that there is, uh, with what they've been saying, I do hope that there is closure to the storyline. Like, as much as I love this and want it to go on forever, it doesn't need to end. Like, this this core story needs to end, and it needs to go out in a, just a, a wonderful way. And I, I, I'm really hoping that they pull it off. Um, and it, lingering things of, like, where you could nod to characters or history in few, in episodes that or in movies that take place place like later on depending on how, what they do that's cool but like the i feel like the the storyline of these characters needs to come to a close and maybe it lays, lays the foundation for whatever like this this new way of living is like they're not jedi whatever I, we, we this is the speculation that skywalker would be like the type of thing this person is now like yeah. when you're trained or whatever i actually really like that and I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm inclined to believe that's probably how it's going to go yeah and i think and then, then the legacy lives on right because this is yeah. this whole thing is about a legacy uh, and, um, how, and how I, that legacy is going to live forever. They actually, it says something along those lines as the trailer closes, like in, in text on the screen. It, yeah, it said, um, it was a, a story ends, but le- like a legend like lives on forever or something right, like right. that. Right, Skywalker being the legend, I assume. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I would say that I agree that maybe this is the right time to close the quote unquote Star Walk, uh, Skywalker saga, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. And then where you go from here is, you can leave this main story and start doing other things and you can populate it, not in a cheap fan service cameo way, but like wherever this leaves us, someone like a Finn or a Rose could go be a main character in one of these other movies doing something almost completely different. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this is done now. We have other problems in this galaxy to deal with. But the heroes from today will still be the heroes tomorrow just doing something different you know what i mean right right oh man uh the anticipation is at levels that i assumed would happen but could still not couldn't imagine <laughs> well that's why i thought it was very important on monday to dust off the old handy anticipation guide from the spin tune. so yeah you know it's funny it's like there's you can have a random thought of like imagine i died like just randomly, right? Oh, that's like like the things that I would miss. How <laughs> it would suck so much more being this close. <laughs> uh, okay, it's a weird way to look at that. With but that being yeah. said, <laughs> with that being said, it's time for is fun. Is your again. excitement is your excitement more for Star Wars or for Endgame before Endgame came out? It's more for Star Wars. It, I mean, it just it's just because it's ingrained in me from being a child till now, like. Comics I got into later, whereas Star Wars, it was like, I remember picking DHS tape off of the wall at select video three doors down from the pizzeria growing up, you know, like, because we had a, we would give them food and they would give us movies. Like, that's just how it works. Uh, so, like, I, it's just, Star Wars has always been, like, super special uh, in a way that I, Marvel has come incredibly close to, and that is insane. Like to me that it, that it is that close, but uh, yeah. So, Whew, I'm excited. Uh, it it's time for fun and game. We're, we're moving yeah. on. Uh, uh, Donald, are you familiar with fun and games? No. All right. So, I don't listen to this show. How could I? Be? <laughs> wow. I can't remember if we started it after the last time you guest hosted. Yeah, though. I think so. Gianna was part of fun and games. Yes. Gary was part of fun and games. Actually, this is a weird unprecedented run we had three consecutive episodes with guest hosts pretty cool keep it keep it keep this alive uh 
So basically, Dominic, what we do here is I have a quiz that I've pulled that is somewhat relevant to the movie, usually, uh, that we're doing. And uh, I usually have Al answer the questions, and it's we reveal the answer to hit the result at the end. But because you're here, I'm going to run the two quizzes by side by side. It worked well enough last time, so we'll see how it goes this time. Uh, try to answer as quickly as possible. Don't give it too much thought. That's where the fun comes in. So this... This quiz is from BuzzFeed, and it's, it's very simple. Which Breaking Bad character are you? Of course. So we're going to start off. The first question is, which Simpsons character do you most relate to? <laughs> Here are your options. Homer. Is that, after, is that for both of us, or you say for him? Both of you. It's the same question. He's going to read it, so I'll answer, then you answer. Okay. All right. So, which Simpsons character do you most relate to? Homer, Helen Lovejoy, Mr. Burns, Bumblebee Man, Otto, Milhouse, Bart, Lionel Hutz, Grandpa Simpson. Grandpa Simpson. Pass? <laughs> I, I don't know Simpsons. Just, no. just name any I characters. chose Bumblebee Man for you. Yeah, Someone, neither of us are Simpsons fans. That's fine. Simpsons, you gotta choose the second one. Someone no, has threatened you. How do you react? Change Listen. your identity? Calmly plot your revenge? Lay low? Punch away your troubles? Run them over? Get high? Blow them up? Drown yourself in the pool? Eat breakfast. Breakfast. Punch them away. Punch them away. Punch away your troubles. Okay. Pick a movie. Scarface, Ted, For Whom the Bell Tolls, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Robocop, Fast and the Furious, Star Trek, Catch Me If You Can, Dirty Harry. Oh, that was a good list. <laughs> My eyes perked up at Dirty Rotten Scoundrels because I can't believe it's on this list. <laughs> Catch Me If You Can. That would have been my second choice. Yeah, good choice. Good choice. Alright. On a scale of 1 to 9, how evil are you? That's a weird scale. On a scale of 1 to 9, how evil are you? 1, there isn't a bad bone in your body. 2, you're too stupid to be evil. 3, you're a good person capable of doing bad things. 4, you've done terrible things, but you know right from wrong. 5, you used to think you were a good person, now you're not so sure. 6, like everything, your morals have a price. 7, you pretend to drown a small boy to teach his brother a lesson. 8, You'd oh, slit someone's throat to teach people a lesson. Nine. Jesus. <laughs> nine, you are the danger. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. It took me a minute to realize that all of those things, yes. are things that happened on the show. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I'm going to go with three. Yeah, I'm going to be boring and copy Al and say three. Okay, that's fine. I'm curious. Oh, no, one of them is just specifically Saul. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It comes at a price. Right. <laughs> Pick a song. Knocking on Heaven's Door by Bob Dylan. Freebird by Leonard Skinner, Breaking the Law, Judas Priest, Macarena. It just says Macarena. It doesn't have who it's by. It just says Macarena. <laughs> uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, Deep Blue Something, Ring My Bell, Anita Ward, Bitches Ain't Shit, Dr. Dre, Don't Speak, No Doubt, The Drugs Don't Work, The Verb. Freebird. Don't Speak. Nice. All right. Don't Speak. And free bird. All right, number six. You've got the day off of work. What do you do? Polish your rock collection. Have a <laughs> glass or four of wine. Watch some classic sci-fi. Read some poetry. Have a massage. Do something for charity. Throw a dinner party. Ring your bell. Eat breakfast. <laughs> I did want to go with for whom the bell tolls, considering yeah, this my team name. <laughs> Before, uh, no, I'm going to say have one to four glasses of wine. It's called Minerals, Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you're going to polish your rocks? Yeah. All right. Excellent. Pick an animal. You said rocks, right? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Pick an animal. Rat, 
<laughs> Grumpy cat, blowfish, giraffe, badger, bear, lion, snake, puppy. Bear. Badger. Bear. And oh, you... Also, just to cut in real quick, I think me and Al's, one of our favorite memes at the time is the hissing cat with, like, the woman from the... From the celebrity t- uh, show, was it those Desperate Housewives? Right? Yeah, Desperate Housewives, like screaming and crying, and the cat just got that evil hissing on its face. Oh, have wait, you ever I, seen that? I don't think I've seen this. Oh, oh my god! So <laughs> after we're done, we're gonna find them and send them. Share that with They're me. just fantastic, guys. <laughs> against all odds, you got the same answer. We had so many different answers. I know, which is I, which is leads me to believe that it's either randomly generated or only one question matters. <laughs> that's a lot of times. That's what happens. Uh, you both got Hank. Oh, okay. I, mean, I make beer, so I do like minerals. <laughs> Your greatest epiphanies come when sat on the toilet. Wow, that's true for me. That- <laughs> <laughs> it's only because so much of his life is spent sitting on it. He's been that is uh, eighty days of my life. They they, they say eighty days a year on the toilet. They say you spend a third of your time in your in your bed, and Dominic spends easily ten percent of his time on the toilet. <laughs> Amazing. A lot of life affirming uh, thoughts come while in the bowl. <laughs> All right, with that, let us get into our flick of the week. El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. The IMDb synopsis is a sequel of sorts to Breaking Bad following Jesse Pinkman after the events captured in the final in the finale of Breaking Bad. Jesse is now on the run as a massive police manhunt for him is in op- Uh Yeah, that's pretty much it. Director Vince Gilligan, thank God. Uh, writer Vince Gilligan. Thank God. That would really suck if it was just handed off to some... Somehow rights were, like, lost or moved, and somebody else did it. The thing I'm surprised to see in this was that Peter Gold doesn't seem to have been involved. That's a little strange. Unless maybe he just took a producer credit. Was Peter Gold? Well, technically, this show and Better Call Saul, like, they still work together. The two of them co-created this show. Vince Gilligan gets all the credit, but Gold... is underappreciated in the fact that, like, you know, he's been there every single day of the process. He Ugh. doesn't have a producer credit. That's odd as to me. As far as I can see. Because as far as I can remember, he's still actively working with him on Better Call Saul. Maybe he was focused on that? Is it possible? I suppose. Uh, I just find it odd that he wouldn't be involved in this in any way. And maybe he just was like, hey, yeah, I'll show up with you for the first day of roughing, like, the, like, the plot together. And then, like, I just... I'm too busy slash don't care to do this. You know what I mean? Like, so I'll just take an uncredited role, but mm. I'm surprised he's not at least a pr- producer's credit on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is, that is strange. Uh, what are your impressions? This is three spoilers, um, of course. Hang on a second. It doesn't reinvent the wheel. It doesn't transcend <laughs> what came before, but most importantly, it doesn't undermine it. Nice. Okay. Dominic, how do you feel? What are your, what are your general impressions of this film? Why did they make this movie? Okay, I'm all right. Glad we, glad we have that. Uh, I I think I'm uh, I'm I'm more with Al, but my the, my wording is probably going to align a little bit more with Dominic. Completely unnecessary, but somehow not in a bad way. It gives me more of that thing I love, but don't screw up the source material. <laughs> so I'm pretty much right there with you, Al. Um, I I don't I don't like I said don't think the story is necessary, but I really I I really enjoyed it. I think it's really well made as and I expected the bar is very high when you're talking about something in the Breaking Bad universe. Um, once you see Vince Gilligan's name attached, 
in my opinion, I'm just, I actually, it's like a level of comfort. Like, I know that I just feel like it's going to be good at this point <laughs> from that. Well, I'll say going into this, I felt the same way about this that I did about when they announced they were doing Better Call Saul. Yeah. I don't need this story. Um, but Better Call Saul from start to, well, it hasn't finished yet, but to, to what has been finished to this point. Yeah. Um, has proven how wrong I was and how essential it is to what's gone on. I don't know that this justified its existence. Sure. But that being said, it was still good. It wasn't great. I didn't love it. I definitely didn't hate it. Yeah. Would you say that Better Call Saul is better than this movie? Yeah, definitely. Honestly, I'm getting to the point where Better Call Saul might actually be better than Breaking Bad. I thoroughly enjoyed season one of Breaking uh, of Better Call Saul. You've only seen the first one? Yeah, I gotta get back into it. I thought maybe you started the second season and I couldn't remember. Uh, you're all like, caught up. You've seen all four uh, seasons. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm all caught up. I wouldn't. I'm. I, I'm not in that boat. I don't think that it's approaching better. I do think that it is living up to. Well, I I don't know if I'm ready to just say it's better. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is. I feel like it's worth having the conversation. Sure. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Um, what I will say is, considering we all kind of were on the same opinion that we didn't know why this was a thing, I came up with reasons why it's a thing, having now seen it. Okay. And you can, and we will over the next however long, decide how much that's accurate, or at least to what degree that it has justified itself. Well, but I, I'm already excited, and I want to hear where you're going with this. So, But before we do that, uh, this is a PSA. Uh, before post, this is not, we're in, it's still in pre-spoilers. This is something that you need to know. Uh, if you're a fan of Breaking Bad, uh, there is one thing that I definitely didn't need more of in my life, and that's Creepy Todd. <laughs> and there's a lot of Creepy Todd. So if you're very unsettled by that character, don't watch this movie. <laughs> well, the thing I'll say is, Creepy Todd ended up stealing the show. A hundred percent. But he's creepy as all hell. <laughs> so this is the, the note that I put down here. Dominic's looking at it as I'm about to read it. This helped complete the story because technically you can make the argument that at the end, when the credits rolled on Felina, the story was only like 99% complete. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's, a good, it's an epilogue. This completes the story. It fills in the gaps that we may have had from what happened in that 18-month time jump from the end of uh, Tajli to, or not Tajli to, um, yeah, no, yeah, sorry. It's from uh, that one, or Granite State, Granite State to Felina. Um, it deepens our understanding of the sole remaining character who's been left unexamined, Creepy Todd, and it helps us understand where Jesse's been and where he'll go next. Right. Right. Yep. It's, uh, again, you, it's okay to fill in those gaps on your own. You don't need to, to do this, but I feel like he had an idea and he had a story and he wanted to, he wanted to make that the canon. And I think that's fine. Well, the, the main, the two, like the two things that are connected together that are like inextricable to this, the existence of this movie were you needed to know who Todd actually was. Mm-hmm. And you needed to know what that meant for why Jesse is the way he is at the end of Felina. Yep. yep. And this movie is the only way to tell that story considering the fact that like 35% of it's delivered through flashback. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, with that being said, let us dive into our post-spoiler talk. Uh, three, two, one. 
<laughs> I, I, never know, I never know how to do like is that enough time like what if you're struggling to find oh god i gotta hit pause you know i mean i'm i'm giving it uh i'm making it sound like we have a lot more than we do but still I think, I think this is the time where we need to start considering adding a new bit of post-production to the show in which, like, when you say, like, we'll lift the veil, you need to come up with, like, a... Yeah. Like, like, the, like, the sound <laughs> of the like veil. A, like, like a nuclear warning? Like... Well, no, that was like, <laughs> more... I, that was my first thought, too, was, like, like siren sound. But no, no, I'm thinking of, like, a you know, like a, like a magical type sound. How like, about... As, we, like, the veil's being lifted on, like, a magic trick. Let's do the recording of you and me mimicking uh, Wayne and Garth. And we'll put, we'll put that in between. I haven't I'm actually gonna stop you right there. I don't want to hear the rest of that statement. <laughs> I guess I won't repeat it then. <laughs> I want to go on respecting you. Uh, oh! <laughs> no, that's not. I don't. I don't actually feel that way. Uh, we'll just watch it and we'll have a good time. That's all I heard. All I heard was great source material for the show. You know, we could, we could watch it. We could enjoy it. Uh, all right, we're in post spoiler like territory. No. <laughs> no. You guys just guaranteed yourselves new ideas because you just saw these movies that Al hasn't seen and has failed you as a co-host of the show. I mean, he fails me all, weekly as well. We fail each other all the time. That's, <clears> what, that's, what, makes, that's what makes us <clears> Cloud Atlas. No, not you. We fail you uh, every no, second. No, him for not seeing Cloud Atlas. Oh, he finally did it. Oh, no, no. but it took him for. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, Dude, I, I saw it and we did two episodes on it. It was great. <laughs> uh, Are you going to do a Joker Part 2 one as well? Nah. Yeah, but no, there's no other opinions that need to be heard on that movie. Wait, before we get uh, to the <laughs> before we get to the spoilers, though, did you end up unbending your pride and listening no. to Joker? Oh, what a dick! Nope. I will take this opportunity to say that this, this is my I've been hearing high reviews for our episode. Um, friend of the show, Caleb, nice. Uh, listened to it, and um, he was a big fan of Gary's addition to the show. Nice. Caleb did the artwork for. Uh, well, no, not. <laughs> I'll tell you that I love movies that I hated, and I guess then you'll. I'll tell you that I didn't like movies that I liked, and then you'll just reverse psychology and getting me into the episodes I want to be on. Well, no, all you have to do is say, hey, I listened to all your episodes, and they've been really great. Can I be on the show? And then you'll be on the show. Hey, yeah. guys, I listened to all your episodes. They're really great. Can I get onto the Star Wars one? Uh, you're not going to be on the Star Wars one, but to be. Fair. No one is going to be on the Star Wars one. Fact. That's that's a me and Anthony thing yeah. alone. Yeah, that's a. Uh, it's very special to us. That <laughs> <laughs> first episode was a Star Wars show, movie, wasn't it? Um. Okay. Breaking Bad. El Camino. El Camino or Breaking Bad movie? Is that the official title? El Camino. Um, I got confused because I was just looking at Solo, a Star Wars story, and Rogue One, a story. <laughs> so I wrote El Camino, a Breaking Bad story, and then I realized I had it wrong. It's a Breaking Bad so movie, yes. I forgot what you had said. You had gotten me excited. I wanted to hear what you were going to say about it, that you were waiting for post-spoilers. Oh, no, no. I just said my little bit of why the movie was justified was the thing that I could say pre-spoilers. No, I mean, post-spoilers, what we can say right off the bat is, I they well first of all the whole movie was a, a secret from all of us until literally after they were done shooting it which hmm. is the most incredible coup of recent movie dumb. Um, they borrowed some uh, JJ's magic box. No 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 they beat JJ they they knocked him out of the park because you know mo- the, that JJ's making a movie Ev- everyone knew that yeah he was- this was there uh, there might be making a Breaking Bad movie that might release on Netflix only oh that sounds pretty cool it's out next month. What? <laughs> well, I think that's how the story went. Was just like, oh, there's rumors that a Breaking Bad movie is coming out, or that they're going to be making a Breaking Bad movie, and then like six hours later, it's like, 
official confirmation came from AMC. Oh yeah, we just wrapped shooting it like three days ago. And they're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Vince, Vince Gilligan was like, I'll take, I'll one up your black box. No box. <laughs> like with Abrams, it's just, you don't get to know any of the details and everyone knows it's Khan, even though he's trying to not let you know that it's Khan. And, you know, everyone knows it's, the Cloverfield Paradox, or, or no, 10 Cloverfield Lane was going to be a Cloverfield movie, even though he's trying to pretend that it wasn't. Right. But you at least don't know that some of the things are going to happen in Episode 7 that happened, or whatever. But, you know, they we literally just didn't know. It was like the full-on, like, Mario Puzo, like, Omerta, with, <laughs> with this movie. Like, <laughs> no one said a single word about this movie being made right. until after it was physically done being made. Dr. Um, House, how are you going to follow the rulebook without the... Oh. <laughs> All right, so early on in the movie, uh, turned to Kim and referred to Badger and Skinny Pete. Badger, Skinny Pete, and Jesse's relationship is tragically adorable. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but the, the three of them together on screen again it was just so sweet. <laughs> and the way that they had each other's back, I just, I really, I loved it. And actually, what I really love about this, and Al, you, we had speculated, you had speculated that the the trailer with Skinny Pete was not going to be part of the movie. How great is that, though? Because it is part of it. It's just not in the movie. Like, it's part of what went on. Like that's, yeah, you know that that's happening off screen, but yeah, it like, doesn't ever make a, it to screen. It's like a mini episode, like, peek at something else that happened during this time frame. That it's like so that thing, good. Like, it's like that thing from, you remember, like, I know they, that technically some shows still do it now, but, like, 10 years ago, it became, like, a big thing to do webisodes where it was like yeah. in between like stitching between episodes it was like like that's what that feels like yeah doing that as as the as a teaser that was the teaser right for the i can't mm-hmm. remember that came out before well, it was the only actual trailer well no there was no, one there was one very short trailer yeah. that i retained precisely zero percent of you remember you texted me about it and i was like you know what? i watched that trailer last night i literally don't remember <laughs> one single thing <laughs> Yeah, and then I saw a shortened version of it on TV like a couple days later, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, that does look familiar." <laughs> was it really a shortened version? Because I'm pretty sure it was only like thirty seconds. Yeah, because this was like ten seconds. Right. But uh, yeah, their their relationship is pretty great. Uh, I I went on to try to to get some Easter eggs uh, listed out before before the episode. One was the with Skinny Pete and Badger sitting in in Pete's house in his living room. It's all Star Trek decorations which is true to his character which is really funny again like having that like i I read some other ones i didn't spot any of like any of these i i go back and look at them because i'm not looking for them when i'm watching and i'm just kind of focused on the the movie and the show itself but i do love going back and reading like all the things that people have found throughout like i think something like the mailbox that he hit uh was the if you season an episode number of where uh uh what's her name dies uh his love interest. I can't remember her name. Black hair. I also, I also can't remember. Jessica, Just, the one where Jessica Jones died. Yeah, Jessica Jones. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, that's, it's like season two, episode 12, I believe. Jane. Jane. It starts with a J. But he's Jesse, Jessica, Jane. It's all very confusing. <laughs> but like little, also, little things also, like that. Also, that was the second most surprising cameo in the whole movie with her at the end. The first most being, I did not expect to get such a substantial amount of screen time from Todd. I, I was yeah. I, I'm surprised that he was on it at all. Yeah. Uh, other cameo, uh, actor's name Larry Henkin. I mean, he 
He goes, magnets. Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah, old joke. Great scene. Great scene. And then him running away when he realized the car is hot was really like, that added in that what I thought would actually be completely absent from the movie was the humor. Because there's a lot of humor in Breaking Bad. Yeah. And as the, as the show goes on, it gets darker and darker until it's almost completely devoid. But it, they had, they had little, little bits of that here and there in the movie, and it, was, it made it very entertaining. Yeah, like when Jesse goes to Robert Forrester, which this was super weird. When we were watching the movie, we got news of Robert Forrester's death. Yeah. That was so strange. Yeah. Like literally 10 minutes yes. after he first made it, or I, what happened was he starts, he grips the page out of the phone book. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh my God, he's going to look for the vacuum guy. And he goes, who? And I said, you don't remember the, the vacuum guy who was like the extraction guy with the fake IDs, Robert Forrester? And he goes, uh, he goes, I don't know. And then he shows up on screen and he goes, oh yeah, no, I remember him. And, like, ten minutes later, he's like, Robert Forster just out. I was like, Robert Forster, the guy we were just talking about ten minutes ago? He's yeah. Like, yeah. You did this. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, that was one of those funny scenes where he calls him on his shit, and then the cops show up. He's like, I gotta love the response time of our yeah. boys in blue. <laughs> and also, how perfect cinematographically, too, where <clears throat> it's like, you, as the audience, are standing, like, next to Robert Forster, and... Are looking past Jesse in his in in his like like absolutely righteous anger where he's like I no trying to fuck me over and you just see it slowly in the background as the cop pulls up out front. <laughs> yeah, getting it was it was so much because it was a great scene, but we were also getting a clip of another thing that I didn't think we were gonna get, which is which is like cocky Jesse, mm-hmm. like that and like that having all of that like wound up in that scene was pretty great. Uh, Circling back for a second, ripping a page out of a telephone book. Has any person actually ever done that, or is that just a movie thing? <laughs> um, I feel like that's just a movie thing. Yeah. Where did um, that come from? It reminds me of, and I, um, I was, uh, sorry, I paused for a second because I was trying to think of, I was just reading or, or listening to something recently where they were talking about, like, things that only happen in TVs and movies that real-life people don't ever do, but you see in, like, every single movie and TV show. And it's like... How does this keep being in right. shows and movies? Because literally no one does that exact thing. And I can't, I can't think of what the examples were, but I was like, oh, yeah, those are... To-. And that, ripping the, the, the page out of the phone book is absolutely one of those yeah, things. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not even... That's not even the most offensive piece of it. The most offensive piece is, is that there's actually a phone booth. Like, there's... Like, come on. <laughs> Only in Albuquerque. Well, but it also makes sense for when that was supposed to be taking place. Oh, that's People didn't true. use that's them in 2013 yeah, you're, either. You're right. You're right. It was. It was. They still had flip phones. So like. But the, I also I, I don't believe that there would have been a telephone book in there. <laughs> well, it was surely the beginning of the end of phone booths at that point, right? But they still were around ten years ago, and that's roughly when this was taking place. It's such a dramatic scene, though. Just it just anytime it's done, and it's always the same scene: open, flip, run finger down page, rip page out of phone book, never look at page again. <laughs> yeah, at least on screen. <laughs> oh man, and I, I mean, yeah, for sure, I wouldn't memorize the number either. But also, I, I mean, it was the address. The address I probably would remember. Well, no, the whole point was he ripped it out because he didn't remember the guy's name. Yeah, the, yeah, so we'll go to a different ones just in case. Yeah, he kept going to all the different yeah. ones. Finally, finds it. Yeah, no, it's just uh, th- there was uh, what I liked about it though is like that's a you know it, it just a movie trope, and it's also like it's an older one. I actually haven't seen that in a while, but uh, if you tie that in with some other scenes like the like the western standoff scene, which was awesome, yeah. <laughs> yeah. great scene, intense. 
that is just really cool. Um, another random little Easter egg uh, that I, I I was reading a thing on before we started, and I went. Uh, it was the when they're in um, uh, Todd's house when Jesse's in Todd's house, and the two cops heavy quotes come in and uh, are like looking through some stuff. One of them picks up a snow globe, and if you look at it, the two people in the snow globe are Todd and Lydia, and Lydia is in a teacup. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice no, I didn't it's notice very it at all. Creepy. Go look at it still a bit. It's terrifying, and it just it, it gives you the heat. It's uh, much like everything that he does <clears throat> in this movie. <laughs> He's too much, man. He's psycho. Well, that's why, like, I, I loved his re-inclusion. First of all, I mean, he's a pretty good actor, which I oh, never yeah. would have, I never would have seen coming because the first time I ever saw him anything was in Friday Night Lights, and I was like, oh, this this like baby kid, crucifixious, like you know. Oh, we're looking at the picture now. Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, sorry, Friday Night Lights. His like heavy metal band, Chris Victorious. Like he was like murdered someone on the show or whatever. It was great. Um, but actually yeah. felt bad about it and almost turned himself in, or no, did turn himself in actually. Um, and then he shows up in this show. I was like, oh, that's that guy from Friday Night Lights. Oh, he's a psychopath. That's weird. He's very and good at playing psychopath. He's a good actor. Like, he, like remember Game Night? Oh, he was so good in Game Night. Yeah, Game Night. Yeah. <laughs> he was so good at being Todd at Game. <laughs> oh man um, and he was good in Fargo too where he wasn't playing a psychopath um, I forgot how much of a psychopath he was until the whole conversation where he's making soup and just very calmly explaining why he had to murder his maid for basically no reason yeah you want chicken noodle or uh, like yeah as he's having that conversation uh, it's just, uh, like, it... he slips right back into this role like it didn't feel like he was like Straining yeah, at the seams, even though his shirt was maybe straining at the seams. <laughs> I actually feel bad for him. Like that's a fat joke, and it's not well deserved. I I feel bad for him because like he put on a ton of weight for Fargo specifically, mm. and has never gotten rid of it. Oh really? It was like a it was for the character. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That's, that's a bummer. But um, he the, the way he plays like this character, like he's just ice cold. He like is very understated most of the time. Like, he's got those dead shark eyes, like... Yeah. Like, I'm creeped out every time he, like, maintains what's going on, you know? Because there's times where it's like, oh, you know, blah, 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 like... And it's like, the camera is, like, looking at Jesse in the back as he's, like... And it's over Todd's shoulder as he's just making soup. And Jesse's, like, wide-eyed, like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, you know, well, it really sucks. She was... I mean, she was really great. Best housekeeper. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Oh my god, that was yeah, that was intense. What uh, that scene when they're cleaning up and they're and they're taking her out of the house, and she's wrapped up in the rug, and they throw her off the balcony. The yeah. sound of that hit, of her hitting the floor is deafening. It's <laughs> really uncomfortable. Also, completely undoes the whole point of putting her in a rug. Yep. Um, I made note of that when that happened. I was like, that was dumb. I was like, I was like, oh, Dominic, they're doing the Archer thing because that's been a running joke or it was the first few seasons of Archer. I shall fetch a rug. Yeah, it's always <laughs> yeah. someone shows up dead. Woodhouse says, I'll fetch a rug. And you know, Mallory, no, no, there will be no rugs. I just bought that one. It's, you know, $1,000. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so you can smuggle a dead body out of the apartment inside of a rug. You're supposed to walk through the halls with the rug so no one thinks anything of it, not throw it off of a balcony. <laughs> yeah. I, 
I do like how, well, a couple things. First off, when he's, as we're getting, going through that scene, uh, it starts off with like, Jesse still doesn't understand like what he's doing here. It's like, he's helping him put the, the cover on the back of the El Camino. And it's like, okay, it's like, is that it? Is it anything else? Oh yeah. Just like one, like one more little thing. I think it was <laughs> that they yeah. had to do. Uh, and then painting the room, like, like all this. Stuff. I like that the way that that's done where we get all that flashback, but it's not just flashback for the sake of flashback. It, it all is, it all leads to seeing the origin of where the El Camino is coming from and the character that it belongs to and like the, what's tied to that. Like all of that is just so interestingly done. Yeah. And, and also to, to justify, cause like if they didn't show all that, it's like, okay, yeah, like he was tortured. He's messed up. It's like, no, no, no. You don't get it. Yeah. This dude, like, should barely be functioning. Yeah. After what he's gone through the last year and a half. And really, and even extending beyond that, of course, but, like, specifically, how bad his life was in this captivity. Like, it's important why he wouldn't trust anyone, why up is down, why he literally has PTSD, which freaking out in his bedroom in the yeah. shower. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that was a missed piece, though. They didn't do that any more than that one scene. What do you mean? The PTSD thing, like the him being like shocked by like he was staring up, thought he like and flashing between being in the room and being locked in the cell. I feel like that was very real, and then yeah. they didn't really touch on that again. That was just one minor thing that I thought was a little bit of a miss. You're right. He ultimately probably shrugged it off a little too quickly. Yeah. I think that sometimes writers rely on the PTSD as a crutch too much for character development. And I think they sometimes don't quite understand it either the correct way or just portray it poorly. So maybe they did a little bit too little of it, but I think everyone would have felt a lot differently about the movie if they used that too much. Well, they don't necessarily have to do it like start to finish, but it, it was, does seem it was, like it's like almost like a throwaway gag. It seems like yeah, yeah, it seems like he comes out of the shower and has literally washed himself clean of it. But he does. They do. It, some of his actions and decisions, like, I guess if you are paying attention and you understand that he's feeling this way, it adds a little bit more depth to some of his other decisions and things that he does throughout the rest of it if you're just using that context, which is also fine. Like, that's uh, the, the, I feel like in that situation, the writer or director is, wants you to, to kind of take a little bit of control over feeling that way. Like, like, take this with you. Like, you know, this is a little bit of homework as you're going through. But, uh, okay. yeah, it could be done like, uh, maybe a little bit more or like yeah, cause he, he was a man on the mission. He didn't have time to, to deal with all that uh, stuff. That's something he'll have to deal with once he's in Alaska. Spoiler yeah, but, alert. but he was dealing with it to a degree like you could see it in some of the ways that he he was go like there was, you know, his anxiety, his stress in certain situations. And like he would peek through uh, old Jesse would peek through every once in a while, which I thought was cool. But uh he would like kind of recede back into like his like I am I am on the run like like and it, like go back into that and then like the fear and anxiety of his entire situation kind of weighing on him throughout it was it's there it's just not as present as it is in that one scene and it, I guess you, I guess you could argue that he literally casts it off when he stands up for himself in the vacuum shop yeah. But then it, that, it up until that point, he was, immediately. <laughs> sure, but the whole point of him getting his balls back, essentially, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Where he stands up to him and was like, no, no, no. Did your balls like, fall off? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was like, you know, like, hey, I've got my eyes open. I've seen what's going on here, and this doesn't add up. Now, he calls his bluff, obviously, but it's like, 
like up because up until that point, the way that he goes through the search and it's desperation and fear more than it is, you know, the willingness to succeed per se. It's like you know, wounded dog lashing out is how he behaves in Todd's apartment when he's looking for the money and the two fake cops come in, Mm. right? Where it's like it's purely off instinct. It's not. There's no thought going into how he's going to do it until he decides, hey. I'm taking the money. Go ahead and shoot me, but you're not going to. Right. Which kind of, I guess, like portends where it's going to go with him standing up for himself with Ed. But in this case, it felt more like I've got nothing to lose. Yeah. Whereas at that point, the desperation's pushing him to, I finally am almost at the finish line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. So, Dominic, you had mentioned you feel this movie is, what would you say? You just said unnecessary? Was that it? Uh, yes, very, very unnecessary. Uh, and you are you unhappy with it? No, I, I don't hate it. I, I can identify a few scenes that I really enjoyed, such as the, the Mexican standoff scene, the, uh, what's it called? Some of the scenes with Todd, the scene... Uh, where he's in the the vacuum cleaner shop and the first opening scene with with Mike, so I definitely could appreciate it. Again and again, if this was terrible, I think the conversation would all be, oh, he just wants more uh, fame or money or attention or whatever. I definitely think at this point nobody was asking for this. And again, it, it wasn't terrible. It by far wasn't terrible. Um, I liked some of it. I would give it like a. Five and a half, six out of ten. Um, you know, so that's just my thoughts with that. But yeah, going into it, I was like, this movie doesn't need to be made. Just sure. kind of seems a little soulless. And uh, especially you know, a lot of these great shows live on past their prime, where Breaking Bad was not one of those. It had a very contained story. And, and I think one of the things we liked about it the most was that it ended when it needed to end. Mm-hmm. So then, now you're thinking, oh, six years later, like, come on, kind of tarnishing its legacy a little bit. See, again, I didn't feel that way because yeah. of what ended up being on screen. Those were the fears I had when they sure. announced it. It wasn't terrible, so it, I, I don't think it, it completely corrupts it. And again, this movie is not terrible. It's not even necessarily bad. I just think it's a little much, and it, it has some of the same traits that I couldn't stand about Breaking Bad the show was too many scenes of just no one talking or this it's not even tension so much as just like you're just sitting there like all right get on with it come on and and i think the movie did less than that than the worst shows of that in breaking bad but uh it was a two-hour movie i mean each each episode of breaking bad was an hour so even if you want to object to something like the fly it's one episode that lasted 50 minutes it's not just the fly there's there's many many other scenes with that happening where just like nothing's happening, no one's talking, or one person's talking at the other one for like two, three minutes and nothing's happening. You're like, okay, we get it. Someone's annoyed. Someone's pissed. Just deliver the punchline already. It's like Family Guy doing a scene where they flip to Conway Twitty. We're like, okay, that was kind of funny the first time, or this was kind of funny for the first 10 seconds. Like, we get it. All right, just just end the joke, move on to it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think that's, that's, that's fine to feel that way. Like, if you don't, if you don't care for that type of those types of scenes. Um, I, I like those. I like those in the context of Breaking Bad as well. 
for the most part, I'm probably the only person that wasn't completely annoyed by the fly. Uh, but it no, was, some people love that episode. Uh, um, it's just, I, I, but I get it. I, I think I, under, I understand where you're coming from. I don't feel the same way. I, um, my, what you did though is you brought up an interesting question. Am I? I'm very curious as to why. Now, like, why did the movie come out when it came out? Like, what was what was the relevance? Like, what like what was there a reason it came out then? Was there something that he wanted to do for a while? I'm just curious. Like, I I would like to know the history of how this decision was made. Well, from what I understand, from what I had read around the time, like when it actually dropped a couple weeks ago, um, it sounds like they had asked him if he wants to do anything with it right after the show was done. He said, "I mean, I have thoughts." But when I'm ready to tell the story, I'll tell it. And mm-hmm. then he said recently it coalesced into a hard and fast idea of what he wanted it to be. Yeah. And so they made it. I mean, the I turnaround bet. on it, the turnaround on it was really short. Like, yeah. Would it take them six months to make this? You know what I mean? I bet he was. I, I, I would be curious if like while making Better Call Saul, he was getting just kind of building it up. Like more and more, getting like re- kind of reconnecting in his mind with the characters and like wanting to do, wanting to, wanting to do it. Maybe now it just felt right. And if that's the case, I think that's really cool. If that's all it was, you know, it was just like I, I think that is what it was. That's great. And I mean, that's and I've always kind of felt that way about the show. Like I, he, I, I believe him. I believe Vince Gilligan to be genuine in a way that I don't believe a lot of people to be. And that could be false. That could not be placed in the right spot. I just that's just how it comes across to me. And I, I appreciate it. And I. I, I'm I'm glad the movie came out. Uh, it's not it's nowhere near as memorable as the show, uh, but it's uh, you know it's 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 not bad by any means. Uh, and I I in my and I I really enjoyed watching it. All right, well Dominic has to go, so I guess we can continue the last few minutes of this. But yeah, later gallery out. <laughs> See you later, man. Um, yeah. So what what other what other notes you got? Uh, well, I guess we could talk about specifically um, Aaron Paul in this because, I mean, this it's kind of made him break or you can make or break it on the back of his shoulder because he's, sure. it's kind of similar to what we were talking about last week with um, what's his name in Joker, with Joaquin Phoenix and Joker like he's on screen and every, every scene. scene and as Dominic was alluding to there are sequences where no one's really saying anything um, and at times, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, I think you could do more here. Right. But at other times, I actually really liked it. For one thing, when they were doing, and it was a very classic Breaking Bad scene, like the montage of him searching Todd's apartment for the yeah. money. That was... With, with, like, multiple Aaron Pauls. Yes. Yeah, that you was know, cool. And multiple, like, different camera angles, and they're doing the Scorsese, like, camera on the ceiling, and it's all that. Like, that was classic Breaking Bad. Yeah. Um... And at one point, they pause, right? And it's dark, and he's just sitting, and he's just, like, holding his face, and you can see in the background, like, the camera pans a little bit, and you can see, like, oh, he is tearing this place up, and he still can't find it. Yeah. And it's like, there's nothing happening. He's just sitting there in silence, and it's just like, you feel the weight of it there, and it's like, oh, yeah. No, I feel <laughs> you, man. Like, yeah. that's, that's what's going on. And, and I think his, his... I've lately criticized him at times for maybe he can only play that character. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Okay, and when you see him the back... character changed so much over the course of the Shish series. Yeah, and specifically over the course of this movie, yeah. even, 
um, him coming back, and it's like, oh, yeah, like, he hasn't lost his fastball on this role, you know what I mean? Because he runs the gamut from totally broken to that heightened, like, PTSD, like, paranoia mm-hmm. to the righteous anger when he's in the shop, you know what I mean? Like, and he delivered, like, that's a really wide spectrum, and it doesn't yeah. feel like jerky, like he jumped from one thing to another, like, it all feels consistent. You can see the buildup. You can see the character having been brought to his knees, built all the way back up again. Right. Right. Yeah, it's it's really, it is awesome to watch. I do think he is, he is tremendous in this role. I, I haven't seen him in much of anything else but i do yeah. I, I love him i love him as jesse and i also i i love him as like and being interviewed aaron paul like i think he's he seems awesome but i, I would like to see him in more things well i, I will say I, I never saw need for speed and i i, I just let's just be honest i never will yeah um but he is funny in bojack horseman mm. um he's playing a version of this character if you took out all of the violent, fucked up shit that happened to him. <laughs> okay. Where he's just like a happy-go-lucky stoner kid. Yeah. Like, um... He is, he is the Jesse from the scene at the buffet. Yes. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> but, like, even more, like, happy-go-lucky. Dude, when he's piling up cheese on that plate, and then he puts the salad, a little bit of salad, and then he tops it off with the one tomato and goes, yeah, bitch. Like <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> no, he's like like the most like kind-hearted, like happy-go-lucky, like stoner kid in Bojack. <laughs> awesome. And it's just like like he's like always part of like there's always some sort of comedic relief going around him. Like I mean, he's been part of some serious scenes too every once in a while. And like it gives it that much more weight because like man, to get him to snap to being no, no, this is serious. It's like it takes a lot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. So that's really the only substantial role I've seen him in other than this. Nice. And it's just his voice in that, but he does a really good job in that. Cool. Well, that's good to hear. I saw the Need for Speed movie at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's completely forgettable. I don't remember. I don't even remember what happened. I, va- I vaguely remember parts of it, and then I go, Ugh. and uh, that's, that's saying something. It looked like they were kind of trying to rip off Transporter by way of Gone with 60 Seconds. With a, with a dusting of Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even, I, I really don't fully remember. It was just a, I, I remember not, I wasn't, like, I knew what I was getting into watching it. I wasn't, like, offended. I knew what it was. Like, if you, if you saw it and you were like, ah, I wasted my money, like, clearly, you knew what you were going to go watch. Like, and I, so I, w- I was fine watching. I do wonder if this kind of clears his slate and lets him reopen his, like, a chance for, like, a second. Because I feel like that movie tanked his career. I, yeah, I hope so. Unless he's just, unless he's not, he's doing, and maybe he's just doing something else. He, like, you know, he might be. He, oh, yeah, vit- vitamin water commercials. Is he doing vitamin water commercials? I mean, like, a, a year or two ago. Uh, like, yeah, like, it was like, he had, like, a couple, of, there was, like, one, like, big commercial. He's, like, on a treadmill. It's weird. Jesse. Uh, man, but yeah, his, he's, I, he's just so tremendous in the, in this show and movie. I really, I really, I really enjoy him. His, uh, the way he, the way he pulls his character off everything. The, getting those scenes with his parents, like, manipulating them, like, one last time. But, like, this time, it's like, you know, it's like, almost like, it's like, kind of like a, that, 
addict like kind of behavior like this time's the last time like what, but like this like as the viewer you're going on this journey with him you know it's different this time because you're in his shoes yeah and from the outside it's no different it's just the same it's like he's in a the only mess difference again. is this time the only difference is this time you're actually rooting for him right right exactly uh and that was that was an, it, it's a good scene and it's a it's a very heartbreaking scene like when they when they go out and like the cops follow them and then well because you know it too like we yeah. were sitting here watching it and we're like how many cops are gonna be on the street when he right. shows up and immediately you see like six cars peel off to follow them and it's like man and one staying behind and he he knew it he knew it beforehand like he was ready for it like he yeah. I, I feel like he's at a point where it was almost he was at a point where you just can't surprise him though that the the vacuum guy did surprise him. But <laughs> that, as the movie was ending, as he was being driven to Alaska, and uh, you know comes out of like the the what, that, secret that, compartment, it's called that that upward deck piece is called something I forget what it's called. Uh, but he comes out of there. First off, how long was he in there? That had to be wildly uncomfortable. Um, but I just like I like the the aesthetic of like there he's marching towards Alaska and it's very cold because while he's probably good now like he's probably going to be okay like he's gonna live he'd be he'll it's not it's gonna be some semblance of a life but he's going to be able to live out his days like he's not gonna be on the run anymore he's kind of escaped. It's just like this cold, it's gonna, it's starting fresh and it's cold and he knows no one. Like, there's a very cold world. And I liked that symbolism, like, as he's, like, it's almost like as dark and dreary as it is, that seeing his breath is like a sigh of relief. Like, I don't know, it's just, it was really, it's really well done, well shot. I also, considering it was something we had discussed prior to this, when we were getting excited for this movie coming out, we talked about, I don't know if, if it makes sense for him to get redemption. Uh-huh. And I like how they nip that right in the bud in the very first scene with Mike saying, no, no, no. Yeah. You don't get to wipe your, cl- like your slate clean. Yeah. Like, it is what it is. You just try and be the best you can be going forward. Right. That was great. That was, I, yeah, you were probably, <laughs> when the movie started off, you're like, man, it's like they're listening. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you're like, thanks, Mike. <laughs> that was one of the most heartbreaking death. <laughs> Loved my. Yeah, I mean, like he was a piece of shit, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, like retroactively, you feel bad for him having watched Better Call Saul. Sure. Because you see how he broke bad too. Yeah. But just with what you'd seen on screen with him during the run in Breaking Bad, I, I felt bad for his granddaughter. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't feel bad for him. He's such a great character, though. Oh he sure, really I was gl- I was I was upset that I wouldn't get to see him on oh, screen yeah. more for sure. Yeah. Uh, Hank is another one that was that that was tough. No, Hank. no, no, that one was legitimately him and Gomez for that yeah. matter. Yep. The, like, the, man, these these guys, the fully innocent, <laughs> have been the closest we can find to actual good guys. Yeah. In the show. I mean, Hank, Hank really never did anything bad. I mean, he was. There was times where he may have been irritating. Sure. But he was never bad. He was always the good guy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, those guys didn't deserve that. No. Oh, uh, that scene's intense too. When he's like, "He's like, you're so stupid to think that there's any other thing that's going to happen right now." This, this can happen <laughs> only one way. So you might as well just get it over with. Yeah. Uh, uh. 
as it's happening, as the viewer, you know it too, but you want to plead because you're like with like with Walt. You're like want to plead too, but you know what's happening. And when when he says it, and it just sucks all of the hope away, and now yep. you just have to wait. Like it's just like oh, oh, it's heart wrenching. Um, yeah, definitely worth if you're if you're a Breaking Bad fan. This is definitely definitely worth your time. The only thing I would say left with this was this had the chance, considering the existence of this movie basically is fan service. And I guess technically you can say that this really isn't necessarily a cash grab because like it didn't have a theatrical release. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But this is fan service at its most obvious, the existence of this movie. But if you're going to do that, they could have been so gratuitous. And it really never was. Yeah. Like all of the, all of the cameos and the reprisals fit in to the framework of what they were doing. Yeah. And they're marrying the fan service with the service of the plot and character and themes that are going on. Like the only one who came even close to just pure fan service was Jane showing up. Mm-hmm. Like I thought the Walter White one made sense. Yeah. And it was, they didn't let it overstay its welcome. It made sense at the end of the story to go back to the beginning. Yeah. And to show how they how they have truly changed in this time from that snapshot in time. The only thing I'll say that I think is important with the Jane thing is like there is that is a pivotal point for the character and he changes from that point on when she dies. Yeah. And it's he, just that like is we've seen him change stuck. multiple times. Yeah, I, I just I think they were just like surfacing the relevance of her to him and how that's been in his head on his mind. Probably one of the things that he's been thinking about day in and day out since then, and just making like just letting you know, like letting you in on it. I feel like was kind of an interesting way to do it. I I, I liked that. Yeah. But cool. Anything else? No, I think that's it for me. Well, that's all for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flicks in the Six at SpinTune.com or tweet us at the SpinTune. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. And I'm Albie Olsey. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> <laughs>